Dear Jazzy. The following program is intended for mature adults over the age of 18. If you are not a patron looking for information on sex, relationships, and gender, please visit scarletteen.org. Nothing said on this show is a replacement for official medical advice. Trust me. Last time I checked, no one here is a doctor. Welcome back to Dear Jazzy, episode 78, the show where we answer all of life's kinky questions. I am your host, Jasmine Starshine. And I'm co-host number one for the night, Sonny Abadiel. Jess, it's your turn. Oh, I thought you were going to introduce me. No, no, go for it. Go for it, too. Oh, I'm, I'm Juicebox, <laughs> a.k.a. Uh, funny ABDL. Oh, funny ABDL. <laughs> funny. <laughs> welcome. Travel funny. Welcome back to the show. It is, uh, this is the first episode of season four, and I couldn't be more excited. Um, why are we denoting this as the start of a new season? Because uh, we're going back to weekly uploads, at least for a bit. We're going to try to go as long as we can with weekly uploads. Let's go. And I can only oh, imagine yeah. there's like, you know, cheering and jubilation going ooh, on. Ooh, 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 ooh. You know. Yeah, Jersey. <laughs> there was much rejoicing. Yay. Yay. <laughs> wow, it is uh, stacked tonight. Uh, not only with the people on the mic, but also there's a ton of people in Discord right now. Uh, we have a ton of content to talk about tonight. It's going to be a great show. Thank you for tuning in. If you are on the live episode, if you're tuning in to the recording, thank you as well for helping out our statistics I'm really excited. This is going to be an amazing couple months. We have some really incredible um guests lined up and we're going to get into all that in like one second but we need to do the life catch-up bit before we get into patreon so juice what have you been up to um mostly staring at a wall okay um no i've been i've been all right you know i'm i'm taking a break from work for a few months just to kind of get my my deal with burnout and get the kind of the dust out of my brain but uh i was at cap Mm -hmm. earlier this this uh summer and i had the most amazing it was the highlight of the last three years of pandemic life i agree definitely uh i had a wonderful wonderful time even though i caught covid from it i think as everybody else did Mm -hmm. um other than that i've just been drawing and hanging out in the ether of this community and wondering what's going on with my life (laughs) hell yeah we're going to talk about covid in a little bit Mm -hmm. fawny what have you been up to oh uh where do you want me to start (laughs) well i know that you had a wacky wild i know you had a wacky wild weekend you're telling me about i've had a few wacky wild weekends in the last little bit where it's just kind of like the, 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 the 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 situation just happened and i just happened to be in the right place at the right time it was like, okay, threesome one weekend, and then um, Beer Olympics the weekend after. God, that was fun. We played Flong, and if you've never played Flong before, you got to play Flong. Flong. And then just this past weekend, I had a nice little 1970s-themed party. Unfortunately, no conversation pit to give it that good, clean 1970s zest. It was that good, dirty 1970s zest. God, yeah, cocaine. Nothing's just, nothing's yeah. just like dirty 70s zest, like everything being mustard yellow 
for the for the detractors who say that dear jazzy is no longer about sex uh one of the people on tonight's episode literally went to a coke orgy so fuck you <laughs> yep it was one of the hosts yep um i didn't know you hosted the cocaine orgy <laughs> you know in a place not self-implicating that where cocaine is legal <coughs> wink <laughs> of course of course <laughs> i joke we've talked about coke on the show before yeah um full disclosure i did not i did not partake in the, the booger sugar booger um, sugar <laughs> that sounds like you neutron booger sugar <laughs> i know <laughs> we'll, talk about pie. <laughs> we'll talk about pie or ducks i love pie or ducks. my reddit gold <laughs> Well, Jimbo, looks oh like I'm God. going to send you to the Shadow Realm. Shadow Realm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, okay. I, I didn't bump any lines, but I uh, did learn what it tastes like. And it's terrible. Do not. Um, I also learned what it does to the people around me. And also, terrible. Don't do it. So... Autumn just said in the show uh, voice channel, I sat on a banana and it all caps changed my life. <laughs> that's a great, that's, that's a, a great hue, fucking that's a, post. That's a Hugh, that's a Hugh Neutron line. Oh, did is that actually yeah. Hugh Neutron? One time, I sat, one time I sat on a banana and it changed my life, Jimbo. I, is that like actually from the show? It's one of the few lines from the show I actually do remember. Oh my that, god! That and that and are those nuts I smell? Oh, those nuts I smell! God damn it! And your eyes go cross-eyed. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! We have fun here. Uh, we uh-huh. have a, we have a Patreon. <clears throat> We have a Patreon. This is also a wacky, wild show because, like, the way that my GoPro is acting up everyone apparently gets to see my show notes for tonight uh so this is kind of like a look behind the scenes you can see like how the show is done happy season four everyone and the one dollar vanilla tier gets you a username shout out we have casa danielle darlene Lattle, gosh cheeks manic pixie panda nabby red star sorry nabby red panda and raystar the five dollar kingster tier which gets you access to our photo channel wink nudge we have baby lexi chels Juicebox, kyra Lindsay, lux meerkat ragtime retro skywalker ranch the starling family and stitchlet <gasps> one breath and the ten dollar fetishist tier which gets you an extended shout out up to one sentence plus access to the video channel wink nudge we have luna mayachu neo cryptid and pandagoran and the $15 center tier, which gets you some co-directorial input on the stuff that we make here. We have Kaneko, who writes, Bawoo! In the $20 Deviant tier, which gets you everything, plus your name written on my body for all the planned content, wing nudge. We have Ao, who says, Be the changes you want to see in the world. Briya, Daddy Gray, who says, a turtle's crossing the road when he's mugged by two snails. When the police ask him what happened, the shaken turtle replies, I don't know. It all happened so fast. Spade, Jess, Cat, who writes, public service announcement, he is throwing the balls. That is not true. Let's call me Joe, who writes, here's to Jazzy and Fawny. Season four is going to be lit. Lupin, Pope Felix, Sluggy, Soup, and Summer. Uh, that being said... It's WDJN. Oh shit, let's go. Uh, uh, W, Dear Jazzy News Network. 
uh, talking about some exciting stuff. Uh, we already talked about it a bit. Season four starts tonight of the show. Uh, seasons are delineated by the first host, Z, and then the second host, Mimi, and then uh, the third host and hopefully permanent host, Funny. Uh, your first permanent episode up until 77 is what we're calling season three. And that's kind of like where like shit was like weird and like scheduling and stuff was like all wacky and loopy and surgery and moving all that stuff. And season four starts tonight where hopefully... Uh, now that you are like, well, you're always like here. I'm always the enigma when it comes to the schedule. Um, That's fair. Hopefully well, getting no, stable. These days I might be at more orgies. You never know. Yeah. I mean, I love that for you. <laughs> Me big, too. big highlight, big features for season four include a weekly upload schedule. Hell fucking yes. Finally, the people did rejoice. And then we have some guest appearances, uh, including Kimmy, Personalius, Alexi, Snavithus, the Big Red Dragon from Twitterverse, the Cuddle Co-op, and Padded Luna. Also, Daddy Gray and the usual bet. Uh, we are trying to hammer out details for and hopefully my parents. That's exciting. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to bring my parents back on the show. So that is big exciting. We have Juice here tonight uh, helping kick us off because like, A, we, we bonded really hardcore in person and everything. We were like friends before, but now it's just like, you know, it, it's that like plus plus kind of like C plus plus kind of a thing. Yeah. It's like more. <laughs> uh but getting into something that was really hilarious and I just want to report on because it involves our community. Uh, CNN had a situation <laughs> where one of oh, their... Yeah, I love this. Yeah, one of their blue check verified accounts liked a very spicy, very, very nice, if I do say so myself, tweet from a five-figure follower count ABDL creator on Twitter. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And it was it was there for a while. They did not remove it from their likes. The original poster <laughs> had to delete the tweet uh, because the CNN account would not unlike it. And it was really funny. <laughs> wait, so wait, hold on. So they un they wouldn't unlike the tweet. So the person who originally made the tweet had to delete the tweet. Yeah, like they <clears throat> people were trying to be like, hey, CNN you forgot to switch accounts buddy you might want to do something and they just like dead silence so they just went ahead and deleted the tweet which was a bummer because it was a nice tweet and <laughs> i guess now we know that one of the interns at cnn uh is part of the community so if you're listening hello because <laughs> i was wondering well, about that when that time. when I, I was wondering when that happened like Nothing but I'm sure there's no such thing as bad publicity, really, in the sense of the, whoever made that post. I don't know. I don't I actually don't know who was the original poster of that, but I'm sure did it, it go well for them? Like everything was OK. They didn't get any kind of flack or anything from folks or I don't believe so. Uh, I don't believe they got any flack. I think it was just like, you know, in that instance, that is exactly what I would do as well. 
just to kind of like yeah. damage control in it, even though there was like no damage. I know exactly who it is. I'm not saying who it is on the show just to like, you know, privacy and everything. And like they deleted the tweet for a reason. I don't want to hey, be like, hey, go to this page and harass this person. So I'm, j- I'm going to, right. if, you, if you know, you know, I'm just reporting on it kind of like a person. Just, yeah. Yeah. I was just worried that, you know how like, you know, when something like a meme or something popular loses popularity is right when the news covers it. Yep. So hopefully that wasn't like, like the canary in the coal mine for our community. It's not like a meme when like when news reporters start saying "Can I has cheeseburger" as part of their like. Oh God. When they, when they're making jokes about local news stories, it's like uh oh, they're covering ABDL. That's it. That's the end. That's going Pack to say shit. the right wing media has already covered us multiple times. We were uh, the the right wingers spun the wheel of hate. <laughs> And right after furries, it landed on ABDLs for a hot second. And then on um, like on all like the hate mongers, like, you know, Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh, all those fuckers. They're like, ah, there are adult baby pedophiles who are transgendered and they are going to steal your children. And then like immediately the next day, they start talking about like the next the next pedophile yeah. thing, which is hilarious because Matt Walsh was just outed as a pedophile. And yeah. it's just fucking hilarious. So it's just like we were in the news and it did not go over poorly for us. Like everyone like went ah for one day and then everyone just like you. Yeah. And that's that's always how it is, isn't it? Yeah, that's always how it is. It's just like people get mad for like a day and then it goes away. Yeah, as how it works. So I thought that that was really funny to report on. Uh, Alexa, turn on the nursery. There we go. I have a fan underneath my desk hooked up to our echo control system. Uh, something I'm personally really excited about. Markiplier is starting in OnlyFans. Oh, my dead silence. <laughs> I think I'm the only one really excited about this because I really like him. Like I've, I've seen other sort of uh, internet personalities do the OnlyFans thing before, where it's just kind of like they do specialized content, uh, not necessarily like like nudes or lewds or anything like that. Like I think Bernadette Banner did uh, spicy Victorian ankle pictures. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and all the the proceeds also went to charity. So I'm wondering the the the, the bite of eighty seven is just going to be a move. Yeah, he's going to do on on uh, on his OnlyFans page. Uh, Mark said that he is straight up doing full body nudity. Like his wang is going to be out and on display. Ooh. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. He's like, it's not just like, oh, I'm going to have some special tweet. No, he, he's, he is going to, uh, Prince Wolf just said, uh, that Mark has a tasteful nude calendar. That is correct. His, his penis is fairly well documented and it is now going to be on display and all the proceeds are going to go to charity, which is hmm. fantastic. Now, that's cool. It's so cool. He's such a cool fucking guy. Um, in order for this to happen, though, uh, the viewers have to. He, he, there are two podcasts that he's on called Distractable and Go My Favorite Sports Team. Uh, those have to climb the podcast rankings on uh, Apple and Spotify in order for him to to do it. So right now, the entire diaspora of Markiplier fans are like feverishly going on different podcast distributors to make that happen. Nice. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, last but not least, in terms of news, it's a very news-heavy week. Uh, U.S. elections update, and yes, it is relevant because a vast majority of us here are some flavor of queer. So it's just... <laughs> It's important, and we have not shied away from this in the past, so we're going to talk about it. Uh, Trump got subpoenaed by the J6 committee, which is... Hell yeah. Can can you explain for for us out there, us normies out there, what subpoenaed means? If by normie you mean not living in the United States, I sure can. Uh, (laughs) So there is a committee of big, important politics people in Washington, D.C., called the January 6th committee. And they are uh, investigating and documenting and compiling and presenting all the information they can uncover about the January 6th. Uh, I'm trying to find the right word because slaughter seems a little bit too weak. The January 6th terrorist attack is what I'll call it because uh, yep. that's what it was. Um, they have like compiled an unbelievable amount of information and have indicted people already. Uh, So they and what they do is they do a live stream from like an official government building within the Capitol and they talk to the American people as the committee and they talk about all their findings and insurrection. Thank you, Kyra. J6 insurrection. And they basically like their whole charge is to present the American people like what happened and to like give them the real information. Cause there's so much misinformation going around. And this is like mm-hmm. a bipartisan committee, which is really cool. Cause like people are working together to put this fucker in prison. So a subpoena is basically, uh, it is a legal legal. How do I put this? It is basically a, um, you are, you are being mandated by the government to turn over information and if you don't uh if you don't comply with with a subpoena you can get in massive trouble so basically if you are being subpoenaed the government is saying we are requiring you to turn over x y and z data and information uh going to him they want everything and he's in incredibly hot water which means that he's going to have to turn stuff over and stand in a courtroom and knowing him, he is physically incapable of not perjuring himself. So this bodes really well for our cause. This is great. Um, fuck yeah. Uh, so all that is to say, get out. It's election season right now in the, in the United States. It's the midterm elections. Get out there. Vote blue to uh, ensure a better future for queer rights and AFAB healthcare, and, you know, helping to destigmatize. Uh, like the kink community and, and supporting BIPOC voting rights and like all the things like, please get out there because it is directly important to the topic matters of this show to help like kind of defuse the weird, awful state that the country is in right now. So do your part and help improve the lives of everyone else around you. And that is my soap box. Uh, before we get into the topic of this show, kind of beep, 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 closing the WDJN section, is there anything we want to chat about? Uh, oh, duh. We wanted to talk about, we wanted to do a Capcom recap. A recap yes. con. A recap con. Recap a, re- con. A, re- a recap summer cap, 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 con. I love that. And I was totally there. You were yeah, totally, totally, you were there. there. You were there. Yeah. 
totally in spirit, there. as in the, in the spirit of a possessed doll that was up there. On you know, she's right stage. back here. She's. <gasps> I'm, I'm looking at her right now. Is Fawny, we see Fawny's her two in piercing room. eyes in the darkness. Which yeah, Catherine I was going to say. Yeah, Fawny is here with us right now, not in spirit. She's literally in my nursery. Great vocabulary juice. I caught that. What? What's Great that? Great vocabulary. Tapitalusta. Tapitalusta, yeah. Yeah. Can you tell the class what that is? Did you bring enough for the rest of the class? For those playing the home game, that's whenever you see like an animal at night and its eyes are reflecting in the light, that's called uh, that's that's what that is called that that reflection in their eyes, right? Yeah, yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. Actually, it's cool. When you see that spooky, when you when you see like the uh, the piercing, glowing yellow eyes in the night. Yeah. Yeah. The backs of their eyes are sort of like reflective to catch more light. Yeah. Speaking of the backs of eyes, have you ever seen the image of looking inside of an owl's ear? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? You can see the back of their eyeballs inside of their ear. It's very surreal. Sorry, my hair is doing all sorts of like weird stuff right now. One sec. Please keep conversing. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, Juice, uh, did you want to start with uh, some of the, the, the finer points of Capcom? Yeah. So this is my first Capcom, uh, the summer cap, technically. Um, and I had the most amazing time. It was so good. That last day, I didn't think I was going to get so emotional. The closing ceremony, I cried. Like, I actually teared up and was, like, trying to refrain from, like, full-on crying. Hmm. Um, it was, I had such a, because I went in with, I, and thank God, too, because I went into Cap completely blind. Like, I thankfully had friends, like Jazzy and the folks from The Usual Bed and a lot of my artist friends and a lot of people there. Who I've known and met before, either in person or online for the last couple of years. And it was so welcoming. The hotel staff were wonderful. Yeah, they were. Um, they were so my favorite thing about the hotel staff was I heard um I was they they set up a little like a like a lost and found station behind the desk, and nobody told them to do it, but like they set up a little area behind the desk where there was like a blanket and like a little area where stuffed animals could just hang out. That oh were, my gosh! Their owners. It was so sweet. There was an amazing. Uh, I don't know. Like, is there anything I should specifically cover? Because I'm just going to splurge about everything I liked about it. But um, you had a panel. Yes, that's true. I had a. I was. A, I was a on an art panel. Thirty four Cuker, Moonzy, <laughs> uh, Awe, and myself were on a panel. Uh, an art panel, and it was wonderful. And um, uh, I'd love to do another panel. I'd love to do like a drawing, maybe even like I'd love to see if there's, if there's a possibility. I'd love to do like a drawing session, like not maybe a how to draw, but just like a fun activity thing, maybe like a that let's people draw? could be like, yeah, or like yeah. a game oh, yeah. thing where you get a bunch of because the thing is, the one thing I will say that was a problem is I think we just weren't as aptly prepared because I thought like, oh, I'll bring my iPad and I can do like what we do whenever I stream on discord or whatever is that I can, I can get my iPad and I can draw and have it projected onto a screen. And then people can give me prompts to draw or we play a game, a drawing game with a group of people like that would be, or yeah, like it, like, uh, um, Kira mentioned in the, in the chat, like an art fight, mm -hmm. you know, it, it would or be I'm thinking really something like illustrations or, or something similar. 
Yeah, or like get a bunch of artists together and everybody draws a prompt or like someone starts to draw something and someone adds on to it. Like, I think there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of different ways you could do it. But or I like think any of really... the Jackbox drawing games. Yeah. Can you imagine like you and me and TKO? Oh my God. Oh my God. Yes. So fun. Like a community, <laughs> like. Uh-huh. Okay, oh. but imagine TKO and then, and then, and then people like buy those the, people yeah. buy those ABDL T-shirts from TKO because you can. Oh, if no, if nobody knows idea. the Jack. Oh, that's a yeah. Jackbox thing. If, if anybody doesn't know, there's a Jackbox game called TKO where you draw a bunch of random things and then you you come up with a bunch of random slogans and then they kind of randomly put one image and one slogan randomly together. And you have to kind of vote which shirts is better than another person's shirt or whatever. Yeah. And then you get, you know, and the winner, you can actually go at the end of a game. You could be like, I love that shirt. I kind of want to own that shirt. Yeah. It's great. Oh, yes. Like yes, I've got. Oh. So uh, it just so happens that Alexi, who is in charge of Capcom, is joining us in the chat tonight. Hello, Alexi. Uh, I was going Ooh. to ask first question. Can I MC this? <laughs> Please say yes. Please. I would. I would. I want to. I would love to be involved in some way. I had such a wonderful time, and also I wish there was a po- any kind of way that I can help out with, um, uh, you know, cap next year. In the sense that, like, I want to contribute. I want to be a part of it. What I even thought about doing. I even thought about what if I made it. Uh, if I like made a little animatic of an ABDL cartoon that I could premiere at CAP next year. Oh, wow. That'd be, incredible. That'd be incredible. Yeah. Like a little, like, because I have my little Lana Lynn character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'd love to do a little, just a little, like, it wouldn't be like full animation. It'd be just like a essentially like an animatic. Yeah. Sure, maybe sure. people and like it. If people I still, like I it, still laugh at the, at the word play of Lana Lynn as yeah. a sheep. And then yeah. it's, uh, it's, I have it uh, out of a kink, uh, Kinkwell cartoon instead of an Inkwell. Kinkwell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alexi loves the idea. So let's see. You, Fawny. Let's get Cuker in there, maybe. Yeah, Pizza Bagel. Pizza Bagel. Uh, Sophie would be really, really fun to have in that because Sophie draws. Yeah. Yeah. All of the furry artists. All of the... <laughs> we're going to need like 17 TKO sessions for that. God damn. <laughs> I was going to say, we need yeah. some furry oh. representation. I oh, had so saved on my phone one of the best TKO shirts that I've ever seen. And this might just be like my sense of humor or anything. But it was like a really shittily drawn praying mantis. Mm-hmm. And the slogan was just 100 sins and I'm all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I have one TKO shirt. Like, like I actually own one. That was really goddamn funny, but the problem is I can't relay the joke because it is so specific to that. Yeah. It's an inside <laughs> joke to that party I was at specifically. And oh, unlike haha butter hands? Yeah, just like haha butter hands. It's like that yeah. level of inside joke. It was just like I, I, me in a room with five people and we just kept repeating it. How about like a drawing, <laughs> one of the weird drawings I've done of you? just to make you laugh during the show. Yeah. But it just says violent metal pipe sound. <laughs> that's like your thing. I, that's now, I play that that sound clip for friends when I'm out of people's houses. I just Do you play actually... like a playlist of random YouTube videos and then suddenly clang. <laughs> What's the reaction? I have to know. It wakes people up because it's on a surround sound system in my friend's house and it's wonderful. 
<laughs> nothing like a mid, nothing like waking everybody up in the neighborhood With at the midnight. Metal fucking pipe. Someone dropping a metal pipe on like a like a like a mechanic's like floor. Yeah. Yeah. Do yeah. oh, like people, people ask up. you where the fuck that came from? I do, do you ever need a reason for anything on YouTube? Metal pipe falling. For those not in the know, here you go. It's violent metal pipe. We can't hear it. I know, I know you can't, but the people on the podcast who are listening to the show recorded can hear it, and the people here oh, okay. can see it. So <laughs> all you get is the picture of a fucking metal rod. And what's funny is um, <laughs> in the quote-unquote off-season, uh, before season four, I was doing a little bit of streaming in the server playing Pokemon Red, and we named the Jolteon Lead Pipe. <laughs> after this oh, wasn't, video wasn't i there for that didn't i help name yeah. one of those some of those pokemon you were the one that one named time? jolteon there. i'm the one who named named them lead pipe yeah lead pipe yeah <clears throat> also uh ivysaur is charles ganja and there's just so <laughs> many other fucking hilarious names it's a oh, great time man. oh yeah. can you can you tell me more about the Malort in the hallway? <gasps> yes. Everyone oh, wants to know God. about the Malort. The, the Malort is like, there's the people that were there for that party. And then there was like everyone else saying, why the fuck is Malort a Capcom meme? So dig this. Oh my God. The Malort party. There is just like this person, this human in the hallway. And they were like. Human person, you say. Yeah, this human person was like, come on, come on, try the Malort. And it was like just them, right? And just like a oh, couple right. other people, because it was um, it was Kit that was there. And I was just like, I'm friends with Kit. This has got to be like something that's, you know, occurring. This is an instance of a thing that I want to be around. So I I was there and there was like a table, there was like a big pizza opened up and there's like a bunch of like alcohol and whatever. And these two chuckle fucks are like, Malort, Malort, drink the Malort. And so I'm like, fuck, I'll try it. And so I knock it back. And I'm just like, and it, it feels like it, it feels like I just got hit with a brick right in the left nipple. Just like, good. <laughs> And it was just like, I feel like I just got like a sucker punch from like a train. And but here's the funny thing. I didn't hate the taste. I was just not prepared for the initial taste. Just like someone just like tiger palmed me, basically. Just like I had I had the opposite reaction, not the opposite reaction, but I had a different kind of take on the Malort thing. Yeah. And because I mean, apparently I'm I was like the Malort champion of that of that of the con contested because i didn't i had we matched you had, shots <laughs> we matched shots yeah, yeah. but yeah what, tell us how cool you were about it so what happened was so this is like the second or third night and you know someone brings out the bottle of this malort and for anyone who doesn't know malort is this liquor that i think literally only exists for people to dare to drink it i don't think yeah. people actually legitimately drink it's this thing a chicago it's a, thing it's wormwood it's a, it's, it's a wormwood other. infused thing and it, it tastes like, like absinthe. imagine it tastes if, like, like if you strained ve- absinthe through a nut sack it's like, it ve- it's like vegetable oil if it didn't have the consistency of syrup like it just <laughs> it's such a non thing it's like yeah. whatever it was bitter but it wasn't like i was drinking like licorice juice or something yeah that's what everyone made it sound like it was going to be um, but I, 
everyone was like, and and, and my one of our friends, um, uh, Jesse, was like, "Are you going to try that stuff?" I'm like, "No, it's I'm not going to jump on this hype train." And then I think she said, "What's that? Juice wants to try Malort." And, and I was like, no, I don't. And, and then, then I was caught like, Juice on. wants Malort. And everybody went up to it was like, Juice, Juice, you could do it. And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> I'm not going to, I have to, I guess I have to do this now. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it was, yeah, Shelly, God damn it. Yeah. So like I go out there and I, I get the, everyone's passing around the, you know, the, 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 the COVID cup. <laughs> yeah, that's probably how we got COVID. Out. Yeah. And uh, if the Malort didn't kill the germs or whatever, the virus that was in it. But we, I took a shot and I was like, everyone was like, woo. And I'm looking and I'm like, that's it. <laughs> so I literally held it up and tapped it like more, please. And mm-hmm. people were like, oh. <laughs> and I ended up doing like two and a half more shots. So I did like somewhere between like three, three and a half shots. And I was like, whatever. whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and I would. Oh, is there there's an echo? I'm yeah, funny. You're echoing. Uh-oh. I don't, I don't know why. You've, I've got headphones in. Uh-oh. 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 There we go. I'm fine. Yeah, I think we're okay, good now. Fine. Okay. But I, uh, I I drank it, and then everyone was like, whoa, Juice, great job. I'm like, thanks, thanks. And I have like a I, – I said, let me chase this with something that's not Malort, anything. And I took a I, – I, literally like three or four minutes after I had those three and a half shots of Malort, my stomach just went – <laughs> like it felt it immediately and i went oh like not sick just like oh the the alcohol hit me and i had nothing in my stomach at that point i didn't eat that day which you should do at a con you should always you regularly should. drink water and eat something and shower and i didn't have anything that night and so what i did was i'm like i'm gonna go lay down and like shelly shelly in, in cuker's room was down the hall i ended up like laying on the bed and they were watching elmo and Grouchland. So I remember just huh. sitting in there drunk or like tipsy watching Elmo and Grouchland <laughs> after that. And that was my experience with them. That was my Malord experience. But the, that's there was such so a many, Capcom there was, story. There's so many wonderful stories. And I'm not like a con. Like I've gone to cons and I've spoken at cons or I've done like helped people at tables at cons. But I've never like actively been a part of these like party cons, these sort of like NECA cons. Mm-hmm. And um Long story short, I had the most wonderful time. I I am just counting the days until I can go back to the next one. I'm so hyped. Everybody was so kind and so sweet. And there was so much going on. And oh, I I could I I could talk about it for hours, but I'm going to just leave it at that. Yeah. Because otherwise, I'd be about it all. How much I loved it all night. It was really really magical. And this is uh. I say that as someone where, you know, this was my my third Capcom and it, it was it was just incredible. It was it was it was magical. I think that this is uh, for me, this was like my personal I I think I might say like my personal best one yet, just because like like the first couple of days, like I was so busy, like me and the Starlings, we were just like running around and doing shit and it was like crazy. And then like the day after the first two days of like effectively felt like a work day uh like on on my job like running around and doing audio and shit but the next day i could like actually run around and play and like do stuff like without a schedule and it was fantastic um, oh yeah really really 
incredible jungle gym in the playroom. The jungle gym in was so cool. Yeah. Uh, I should say I went to cap with Luna and Joe, uh, who just uh, wrote in the chat saying that uh, he's glad that his first cap was with me and Luna precious. I'm glad too. It was so, so magical. Um, I spent a lot of time with uh, you Jews, obviously. I also yeah, I, I, came, I came to you guys' room and just talked at you for hours. And that hours. was great. That was some of the best. Like, yeah, God, I, I go to cons to socialize with people. And that was it was really great. You, yeah. me and Joe well, and Luna, we got pizza together, too. Yeah, that I was about to say that was that was definitely like in my top like three or four highlights of cap. It was, it was it was the last like full day of cap. It was like the night before we all had to pack up and go. And we went to a place. I forget the name of the place. Uh, Lou Malinati's. Um, yeah, that was it. And we had it was the first time I ever had Chicago style pizza. Mm-hmm. And it was so good. I, my favorite was uh, Luna. We got what was a tiramisu. Yeah, yeah. And they were so happy. Like when that when the tiramisu touched their tongue, they were like, oh, like it was so good. Yeah, they lit up. Luna and just like a, lit up. It was beautiful. It was, it was a wonderful, wonderful time. And I think it reminded me, like, it definitely cemented how much I really do love this community and love all my friends. Because for the long time, I was dissuaded from going to Cap. I was told to not go. Really? And then the moment, and then, yeah, and then the moment I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go to this thing because I missed out on the 2021. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, I'm going to go to the next one. And then COVID came and I was like, shoot. And then I had to wait, you know, two something years to go. But it was worth the wait. It was wonderful. It really was. Oh, I forgot. At Capcom, mm-hmm. I weeded for the first time famously. I can't believe that. Like, I yeah. still think that it's like, how have you not weeded, not weeded before that con? I have gotten that so many times. And it's so funny because throughout my life, since I was like 13, everyone's like, oh, yeah, Jazzy, you're stoner. You would not. And it's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah i just like gave off the thing for people to say to you exactly it's just like everywhere i go people like the perception of me was a stoner vegetarian and i was neither and it's just like i don't mind being like seen as like a vegetarian like it's like no, there's nothing like wrong with it and there's nothing wrong with being a stoner but one has a connotation and at the time i was straight edge so i was like no ew, i'm the devil's lettuce ew. i was like douchey about it and then um uh-huh. uh after i broke up with my ex and went through that whole fucking like oh breaking up with your fiance and having to cancel wedding plans and going through all that shit i started drinking and i don't want to say Ugh. i started drinking like it was a problem it was like i enjoy one mike's hard lemonade per week maybe two if i'm spicy like that sort of thing like it's i don't want to say like drinking like it's a problem just i enjoy alcohol uh uh-huh. like socially and so like and it took me a little bit more time to like this is like five years ago i started like experimenting with alcohol and now at 27 i finally finally weeded for the first time at capcom it was pretty cool not gonna lie it was really cool i can definitely like enjoy it in like a social way like the same way i enjoy my uh like i enjoy my mike's hard lemonade and my wine 
So yeah, it was just a really nice Luna brought some really high quality stuff from New York. It was a, like a 70, 30 Indica blend. So that was like really nice and cozy. Um, but what was funny is that they and I, uh, we were just, um, in my hotel room because I was like nervous and like all things, you know, it's, it's the first time, you know? And, and so like we do the thing and we're just like passing it back and back and forth. And, oh, sorry. Uh, uh, edibles wink nudge. We totally weren't using a vape device in the hotel wink nudge, uh, you know, pause wink, wink. Anyways. Uh, so we're passing back and forth and like with each hit, it's just like, hmm, yeah, I see that. Okay. And like, you know, kind of like going down. And then on like the fourth one, I do it and I'm like, <laughs> and then we look at each other and we just go, <laughs> and we just start laughing. <laughs> and, oh my God. and we're like, oh boy, here, here we are. Here we fucking are. And Jazzy so, getting jazzed. Uh, Jazzy got Jazzy got jazzed. So what was funny is uh, right before this, we were there was like a like an atrium party that was uh, like the uh, like you, me, Joe, Luna, and then the entire Starling family, and then like it felt like you know fucking half of the Sophie and Pudding Discord server, and we were all just chilling like villains. That was another one of my favorite highlights of the of the con was just being there and just talking. Yeah, the spontaneous parties and get-togethers. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I was like, "All right, I feel like I'm ready. Let's go do it." Okay. And then I forget who said it, but someone announced Jess is going to smoke weed for the first time, and everyone went, "Woo!" It was funny. So I do the thing. Luna and I, we are up there for an hour, and I didn't even realize it. And so we're just like laying on the bed, staring at the ceiling, talking about like metaphysics and stuff. And then Joe comes in (laughs) and like Uh (laughs) Joe comes in the fucking room. He opens up the door and it's like like a cartoonish like haze. And he walks in and he's just like, Jesus Christ, you fucking kids. It's like the first (laughs) it looks like it's the first time for sure. And it, it, it just it's like a parent walking in on a teenager (laughs) <laughs> like two inexperienced teenagers trying to do a thing and the parent just like god damn it let me show you how it's done it, yeah. it was like that whole kind of vibe is really funny like hey kill trying to teach bobby how to smoke a cigarette right that's exactly what it felt like that is exactly what it felt like he was just like oh jesus christ that's not how you do that and yeah. luna and i were like <laughs> just like kids and so like <laughs> the Oh my god, the room was so fucking stinky. It was hilarious. So and, and it didn't help that it was also an ABDL con. That didn't help much either. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we get ready. I will, I will. Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. We we put ourselves back together. Uh, we go downstairs, or we get in the elevator, and Lynn and I are like holding hands and like swinging hands because you know we're having fun at the con. We're like, we're, we're like pals, you know, as little kids do and everything. So we're like holding hands, and in the elevator, it's just the two of us, and we're like <laughs> just like giggling back and forth, like <laughs> like the permanent like stupid grin. And like uh, we get to the bottom floor and through the doors, we hear um, uh, Joe goes down before us and is like, OK, they're coming down. And so we get to the bottom floor before the doors open. We hear the elevator's coming. They're here. Doors open. 
everyone looks at us dead silence and Luna and I are just <laughs> and we start walking out of the elevator and we're like looking down like <laughs> and we're both like staring at the floor walking forward just like giggling and <laughs> pudding just starts and then everyone just yeah. rapturous applause like yeah. cheering and rapturous applause it was so funny yeah. and luna and i are just like <laughs> just like yeah. taking it all in and everything and uh besides the giggling uh it was really fun because it, it needed like really talkative and like really gregarious and we we're just having like a great time yeah no it, it was it was a fun thing it definitely like it's one of those things where i can see the appeal it's not going to become an everyday thing for me but it's like yeah this is like a fun social thing yeah that's the best way to kind of especially when it's your first experience you don't want to have a really bad experience especially with with any kind of like especially with things like weed or anything else even alcohol yeah. like my first time i drank at least i was in like a recreational setting and it was a safe setting yeah where everyone's like you have at least enough people who have your back if something goes wrong i will i will say i just remembered one more highlight of cap which yeah. to me we there was that party that was down in the lobby is this the white castle that? party yes that was yes, it that so was that a party was, i said that was a wonderful party and it was great like they took one of those what was it it was the it was the luggage the luggage cart the, yes the amazing <laughs> luggage cart that had was like a mini bar and it had like a they had like a fridge attached to it it was incredible but the, here's the thing that was the best part and they had like a speaker hanging off it i said this i'm so happy right now this party can't get any better and then white and castle some, showed up some archangel <laughs> <laughs> heard my heard my thoughts and came up with two crave cases of white castle and we're like hey we had all these extra burgers and you guys seem to be having some fun so you guys want these burgers and, we're like, and i yeah. literally like whispered i love you <laughs> and i they had it was like two boxes and one of them were like it was like burgers with bacon and the other one was just regular cheeseburgers mm -hmm. and i was so happy because I love White Castle, and there's no White Castle other than like a White Castle that's in like the the Vegas Strip. There are no White Castles west of the Mississippi, and mm -hmm. I'm from New York, and we had White Castles there. And I've been living in LA for for a decade now, and there's no White Castles here. So when I was at Cap, I thought like this can't get any better, and then I saw White Castle, and I'm like, I love this convention. Aww. I love these people. I love everything now. Everything is wonderful. If I die tonight from the combination of Malort and White Castle and partying, <laughs> um, I would be content with that. And before I mentioned uh, about the smell, like you said that the room was so stinky from the weed, surprisingly a cap, everybody was so good about hygiene. They were. Everybody was, I didn't, and here's the thing, this was an ABDL convention, this was an age play convention. That whole time, the con floor, the playrooms, people's uh, hotel rooms, I don't think I smelled an, an an iota of ammonia or anything yeah. during that whole weekend. Everybody was actually really good because the, the hotel provided um, black garbage bags. There was no room service. There was no people coming in and cleaning the rooms. Yeah. But everybody was really good about disposing of their, of their stuff, their diapers, and disposing of any kind of other stuff they had. And it was wonderful. And there was no, I, I personally did not notice any, um, no weird, uh, like faux pas or big snafus. Everything from my perspective, everything was running really smoothly. I don't think there was really any 
I don't know that there was any troublemakers there. And if there were, I didn't hear a single thing about them because everybody was so respectful of each other and kind and mm-hmm. um, positive tears were shed. I saw people were so happy to see each other and meet people and have their, some of them had first experiences there and they had, they had a wonderful, lovely time. Yeah. And we've been, we've been, and I feel so bad. I'm funny. Did you have FOMO? Uh, I got to hear enough about it from the sidelines and I was also pretty busy with, Oh, oh. Uh-oh. Where'd he Uh-oh. go? Oh, where'd he go? Juice! Juice! Juice, come back! Juicy, come back! You right, can blame know. it. There you are. Hi, I'm back. What happened? That was weird. I don't know. I don't know. That was wacky. Okay. That was That wacky. was too powerful. My apologies. But, but anyway, continue. I'm so sorry, Foley. No, I saw a bunch of coverage from other people, and uh, I had enough going on in my own life at that point that I was just kind of like, I'm, I'm good to sit this one out and just be there extra next year yeah. i'm so excited for you to be there next year yeah like oh i'm, a, I'm Wait, gonna be planning like this you're coming sort next of year like, oh absolutely duh. let's go uh, <laughs> like I, i'm planning kind of like a an all around the area trip so that i can get to see a whole bunch of people that is fantastic uh i'm really fucking excited now i'm, go- I'm going to message our group chat right after the show you two because i have ideas there were so many there were so many times where we would do something and I would say to friends, Oh, I wish Fawny was here. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. There was a lot of, there was a lot so of, we can start the, the Coke field orgy. At, yeah, I know. Yeah, I exactly. know how it is. We had, we had the weed Palooza. You need to bring your Coke orgy to Chicago. And by Coke, yeah, I we mean, uh, Coca-Cola. 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 Uh, yeah, full disclosure, Fonny does not know where to buy cooking from, and I don't know how much it's, it usually costs either. I just I just happened to be at a place where there was some, and the guy that I was seeing was like, hey, do we want this to be like a group thing? And I was like, absolutely. Um, also, funny story. So I was telling a coworker of mine that I'm very close with that, like, I don't know why this guy that I'm seeing had ever, like, commented that I am not a forward person. Oh, this. Ding this, right. everyone. Yeah. And uh, event A, like, I, I told my coworker, like, I'm pretty sure I would be the first to get my clothes off at an orgy. Turns out that's true. Nice. Um, <laughs> nice. And B, also, the guy that I was seeing was, like, did apologize last week, and it was just like, I don't know why I ever said that. You are very forward. And I was like, Yes. It's like you've never even looked at me. Presumably with your shirt off going, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it was nice. It was was nice to be like, "Uh it's all coming full circle. This is so funny because like so far the the podcast has been drugs and diapers. And I can just like, I, I had extended family up in Cleveland a little bit ago. And I explained the show as like a kinky bdsm fueled love line and they're like okay we get it and so far yeah. that has been an accurate depiction <laughs> yep <laughs> welcome to season four everyone <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> um totally forgot uh like a life update thing and or before we do that are we good with recapping uh capcom yeah, I think so. I think we've covered a, enough ground. Yeah, I think we had the experience, like all of the inebriated stories, all the fun. Oh, duh, the fucking show. Duh. Oh, yeah, the live show. Duh. The, 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 the live show. 
in the last episode that we did, right? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Uh, we did talk about that a little bit in the last show. Uh, or I lamented the fact that I don't have a, a margarita person who just... The that was the funniest thing. Fun- we were in the middle of recording and this woman comes in, sorry to interrupt, I just have these these margarita pops if anybody wants one. And like I think she she she, I mean, she didn't mean to, but she interrupted the show twice. Yeah, <laughs> she did. And, but, it was but she was so nice golden. enough. Yeah, the thing is about that. The thing is though is that that room, that ballroom, so obviously cold. because all yeah because well the AC is running the entire convention floor. You can't just like have it for one room or whatever. Because I remember between because it was the usual bet show. And then the Dear Jazzy show was like an hour after. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to freeze to death sitting behind this because I was sitting behind a screen. Yeah, we had you hidden. Most of the show hidden. And I'm like, I'm going to die back there. (laughs) So between the show, I actually ran to, I think it was the Tykables booth, which is on the other side. And I ended up buying one of those large kind of plush blankets. You know, like the, and it was one of those blankets that has the, um, the image of like the floor mat that looks like a bunch of streets and towns. Oh, yeah, yeah. They yeah. could drive little cars on. So they had a blanket that looked that was designed like that. And I'm like, what it, how much is it? I, I don't care. Just give it to me. So I got <laughs> it, it, and I, charge I, it. And me and I think it was me and Jesse, we were like, Are you cold? And we just like shared a blanket during the show when I finally oh. went back out to the crowd. I was freezing. But it was that was nice. It was a incredibly cold room. Uh I wore my Kigu. Miss Lemon uh, was concerned that the babies were not uh, eating because we were presume also me because, you know, we were so busy, like doing things and like, you know, that we didn't have time to like go get food. So she went out and graciously procured pizza and it was just like, OK, before the show, everyone needs to like eat blood sugar, here's some water, you know, all the all that stuff. Yeah. I proceed to get fucking pizza sauce all over my white key oh yeah oh and so i'm like oh, shit. i remember that i'm just like it'll wash out i wasn't like fucked about it because you know it's it'll wash who cares but did it wash uh, did it wash out oh yeah it's fine it's actually okay, cool. oh no it's in it's in the bedroom it's not in the nursery but it, it's clean like it's fine i've worn it a couple times since Okay. But I did not have anything for the, t- the cold, the tundra room. And so I was just like, I it was my onesie, my diaper, and my rope harness. And so that's why oh, I, was, no. I was trying to stay animated and like everything. <laughs> and like why I had the fucking drink with me. Because it's, yeah. I'm so cold. I need to stay warm. How so do you think funny. I felt? I was on the floor. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was behind I was behind a big screen and I had to keep my head under a certain point because it was a rear projection screen. <laughs> so at the top of my head, yeah. if I was if I was sitting like not even straight up, but just like slightly elevated up, you would see the top of my head. Yeah. Um I just realized my camera isn't on. Um <laughs> I, I would be, the top of my head would, would come up and you would see like fuzzy like my hair mm. on the bottom of the of this projected screen moving around. So I was sitting there like kind of like to the side like with the blanket mm-hmm. and then they would be like we have a special guest it's funny and i had the doll and i'm creating the doll because i'm i'm also again freaking cold mm-hmm. and i'm like i go out on, st- on stage and then i like get on the stage and then i'm down like on the floor of this this sort of like this stage thing of and the it has, risers like, yeah it has like a like a like you know it's not like cold metal that's like that like kind of like that scratchy 
like um, yeah that industrial you know, carpet like the stuff thing like the carpet yeah the carpet you find on the inside of like a like the tunnel that leads from an airplane to the to the airport kind of yeah, yeah 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 and it was like it was but it was just cold enough so i'm down there going hello everyone <laughs> doing like the weird aunt b voice fawny voice i don't know why i chose <laughs> really what i sound like no 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 it's old. not it's not at all <laughs> We were, we, we were when we were developing to... the bit. We were just like, okay, how do we make this unbelievably funny? And then you just yeah. whip out that voice, and we're like, it's perfect. Well, because I did yeah. earlier that day, I was on the art panel, and I said, well, this was my one big commitment for the weekend. I'm free. And then, like twenty minutes later, you come up to our my room, and I'm like, what's up, Jazz? Like, listen, we need a favor. And I was like, what? One. It's like, well, Fawny and I agree. We want you because we were going to try and do a thing, and you know, Fawny can't do it because I, I forget what it was. It was like a like you you were going to be away. You couldn't like Skype yourself in or Discord mm-hmm. yourself into the thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, can you just pretend to be Fawny? And I'm like, sure. And, and you so I ended up the assignment. We we came up with the bit, and then I ended up kind of going off, kind of off script when we actually ended up doing the bit. It was perfect. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little stiff, you know, like in the, it's, I'm going it, limp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was doing like a weird somewhere between like Winnie the Pooh and Aunt B. <laughs> like, oh, mama, I bring you a pie. Hello, boys. You know, like it's really <laughs> I don't know why I chose that voice, but it was funny. It was like definitely the highlight and of that of not I'm not saying that I was the highlight of the show. I would I would never say that. Um, I mean, but. I can't. But then I was finally able to go to an actual seat and sit down and have a blanket. And then, despite everything, we were even though we were cold, this 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 ice pop woman came in, <laughs> and then we ended up eating ice cold like Margaritas. margarita pops. Yeah. While also freezing <laughs> in this room, it was like probably like 50, it was probably like fifty five degrees in that room. Yeah. It was so cold. I am a husky both in persona and in real life so i was not nearly as like hit by it as everyone else was but um besides the cold what really struck me about that room was uh you know when when i was in my band we played a lot of shows at a lot of different venues and we had a saying and that was um the and obviously it's just like a a thing that we shared in between bands it was just like more of a joke than something serious but it went the higher the ceiling is in the venue the more the promoter thinks of you because it's just like if you get booked in a venue with a really high ceiling it's likely a higher capacity venue it's likely like a more expensive venue, a nicer venue, like a venue that has more draw. Whereas a basement where sometimes the clearance is literally your head goes above where the raft, where the rafters are. And yeah. it's just like, you know, you grind those shows where you can. And the reward for grinding those shows is you have all the head clearance you ever need because the ceiling is like 18 feet up. And yeah. so that's like that's like the joke where it's just like if the ceilings are really high, you done good. And so yeah. this is uh, this was like the third live show of Dear Jazzy, I think. And um, and this was like the first like official one that was like on on the schedule. And I worked like unbelievably closely with like the Capcom staff for like things to make it happen and like all the things. And then I, we get into the, cause I knew it was going to be on the main stage in the ballroom and I was already really fucking excited about that. And my parents were really happy and they were like, Oh my God, Aww. look at you. Oh, our 
our child. And so I walk in uh, while Love and Brief is finishing up and I'm about ready to start loading in to, uh, you know, loading in gear for Dear Jazzy and the usual bet. And I look up and I'm like, oh, fuck, this is really happening. I got the we got the ballroom like the ballroom and it's just all hitting me all at once. I'm like, okay, wow. We've created something. (laughs) And so I look up and it's like the ballroom and the stage with real stage trusses and like the black backdrop. And it's just like, this is taking me back to like when I would play like a show, like a capital S a show, like in my bands, then, you know, I'm, I'm standing on the stage getting gear ready and there's like that giant chandelier. And I'm just like, I was kind of like hit with so much emotion because it's just like, Oh my God, people are really like jamming on what we have all collectively created together. And that was like such a cool moment. And that's why I'm so excited. It was a wonderful episode too. It was so nice. And everybody was Mm -hmm. so jazzed. No pun intended, but everybody was just so jazzed to be there. Like everybody was so, like everybody was just so happy. And so like, they were really into it. And they were just so, everybody had a great time. So you guys did a wonderful job there. Well, you include yourself in that one. I really think that that was one of oh, our yeah, best episodes. There. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Um, I don't know if I told you that I listened to the podcast episode while I was at work and I, I work in an office uh-huh. uh, and like my cubicle, you can see into my cubicle. And I was like trying to keep my fucking composure as I'm listening to the episode, like <laughs> crying, laughing silently Yes, <laughs> at my desk. Oh. That is the aim of this show, and I'm so happy we hit it. Oh yeah, my god, that was that was it was brilliant. It was so funny. I was I was wondering. I'm like I was kind of like low key scared. Like, okay, what is Fawny going to think of my awful Fawny impression? That was great. I love the the sewing analogy. I love it whenever you said and then and then like you start stabbing and yeah. yeah. I was like, <laughs> oh my god, you hit it. You hit it so well, and you have no idea yeah. how well you did it. <laughs> Oh my god! So I need to tell you about a game that we played at Beer Olympics that I think we need to play oh, uh, at some point when we get together, uh, called Friend Bingo. Um, okay. I'm pretty sure it's not a rare game, but uh, essentially you've got two teams and uh, two separate bingo boards. The teams aren't allowed to see each other's bingo boards, and each team puts together predictions of what they think the people on the other team are going to do, and it's specific things, like Juice is going to do a, a cartoon impression. Or Jazzy is going to howl or something like that. Oh, woo. And you get to, to cross off your bingo board as the predicted things happen. That's so funny. And the but other yeah, team so of you, your you Olympics. Write your own, you write your own bingo card. Nobody sees it. And then you're like, oh, I knew that so-and-so was going to do this at this party. Right? Yeah. This I knew Jazzy was going to yawn. <laughs> like your entire team knows what's on your card, right? So it's not like there's a lot of um, room to, to be sly and be like, oh, of course I knew that was, that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other team for Beer Olympics wrote in that I would bring up sewing, and they were fucking right. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. That's adorable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's so funny. I think someone, though. <laughs> All right. Uh, are we good to go into our discussion topic slash first question, everyone? 
Yeah, after yes. an hour and 15 minutes of talking. I was going to say, we are an hour into the recording, and I am so happy that this is the direction that the show is. <laughs> and we still have questions that we're going to talk about, too. This is, I'm yeah. happy. This is this is going to be a good episode. This is great bang for great. your buck. This is going to be like fucking yeah. two, two and a half hours for one episode. Let's go. Hot damn. Hot damn. All right. Uh, so, Juice, do you want to uh, you have the luxury uh, having asked a question and being on the show. Do you want to do the honors? Oh, the first question? Yeah, uh, that is. I'd love, your... I'd love to. Yes. Yeah, it is my own question. It so. is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So are you ready? Yes. OK. Uh, Jira, Fawnethalump and Jawoozle. Uh, what movie slash cartoon slash scene from media ruined you and helped cement your kinks? or kink oh man you know i saw this and i've been thinking about it and i think i'm still thinking about it yeah because it is really difficult but i have a couple of um a couple of things but funny if you want to go first by all means I can't really pinpoint a single one. I'm just going to say that Cartoon Network is a hell of a drug. It really is. <laughs> it really is. Um, also, totally spies. How dare they? How dare oh, they? Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Pretty much, uh, you know, I talked on the show about how I don't know where my inflatables fetish came from. Just that I know that it has been with me literally for my entire life. Like I was born with it for some reason. All my earliest memories involve inflatables, all those good stuff. And like the a lot of the memories I have of my really early childhood have like inflatables or balloons in them in some way. And I just remember that there was like. I just remember I was like two or three years old and like there was this episode of Barney on that they were like inflating a bunch of beach balls with like some sort of like weird goofy like machine or something. And I just remember that like, I was just so jazzed about that episode whenever it would come on. And like, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure if that like imprinted me or ruined me, but it's definitely like something that was there. That was just like, Oh, I know that this is a thing. And I knew that it was a thing that I like liked, but I didn't understand it because I was three. But um, in terms of like, um, this isn't like a uh, like a kink because you know being some flavor of queer is not a kink. But I can absolutely point to the first uh, uh, person who I was just like, oh shit! Like my first like celebrity crush back when I was back when I still identified. Uh, with he him pronouns back before I knew I was trans I had the biggest fucking boner for Jade Pudgett from the band AFI and he was he was he was the guy I'm pretty sure I mean I I was going to be queer one way or another because you know you're born that way but I think he was the one that like brought it to light of that I am queer and it's just like oh shit that's a very beautiful emo boy who plays guitar very well um I would like to say shout out from Ember from um Danny, Danny Phantom. Phantom yes yeah you know what you mentioned it's funny that you mentioned Totally Spies because I didn't watch really watch the show or grow up with the show like other people did but I remember 
I think the first time I ever tuned in and like saw it on what like not watched it, but just saw it, it was an episode and I and it was like the timing of me finding it was they're dressed like dolls, like toys. Mm-hmm. And they're getting like they think they're like they're pretending to be like not like not alive. And then a bunch of like big guys pick them up and like drape them over their shoulder and carry them off somewhere. And that was yes, tell me fir- more about every fetish-centered episode of Toy But, that, but wow. that was literally, like, that was my first ever time seeing the show. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Like, I never, because the thing is, I, that's literally, like, the moment I, I tuned into the show, like, I turned on the TV on that channel. And I guess I was, I might have been just waiting for something else to come on after or whatever. And that was on. It was that moment in that episode. I don't even know, because I don't know anything about the show. But I just saw them dressed up like dolls and then being picked up and carried out by these big burly, like, I guess you would call them like, like henchmen of a, of a bad guy or something. I don't know. Alexa, turn off the nursery. Okay. There we go. Yeah, that show was an acid trip. And I'm pretty sure it was created. I'm pretty sure the show was like perceived and like the pitch document was written with one hand, just like any other show that Dan Schneider created. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's the one thing I love is seeing that the logo for Nick during those years. That was the giant foot. foot. Yeah. Giant orange foot. God damn. It was so transparent. Yeah. You know, while I was thinking about this show, uh, sorry, about this question, when I was getting the the show notes ready, uh, over the past couple of days, I've been uh, playing through Final Fantasy VII, uh, the original version on uh on my ps4 because they uh released like an upscaled cleaned up version of the original game with a trophy set and and i love achievements so i was like i'm finally going to do this because it's like i know bits and pieces about final fantasy 7 but this is the first time i'm actually like digging in with the intention of completing it and making the credits roll and i got to the part where you have to dress up cloud uh in drag and i was like oh my god and i had this like light bulb and i was like when this game came out in the late 90s i really wonder how many eggs were cracked with this scene in the game where you dress up cloud and the actual like avatar like in the overworld wears a dress like cloud in everywhere changes costume like fully they went all the way with it and a lot of the characters in the game are totally cool with it they like treat cloud so well and obviously the scene I'm referring to has some unbelievably dark implications that I'm not going to talk about. And it's not for the best reasons that Cloud has to do this. If you know Final Fantasy VII and, and like the story, you know what I'm talking about. But like just Cloud walking around and like you can see he's blushing. He's got his head down and his little dainty hands folded in front of him like a little lady. And Eris is referring to him as Miss Cloud. I'm like. I really wonder how many trans girl eggs were cracked by this specific scene. And I was just like, I'm, I'm sure of it. Show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Apparently they made toys recently of them. And one of it was like a blind box or something where it's all like the toys, but they're all like the polygonal models. Oh, that's of so the characters. Cute. And then I guess like the blind box version of that was cloud in the, in the dress. Uh-huh. And my friend was, I, I had some friends who were posting pictures of it. And I'm like, that's so surreal. 
that there's toys of that now. I would pay so well, first of all, that would never have existed previously. Uh, just because of like the cultural climate. Like it's really cool that we can have that now. But yeah. I would pay so much money for like a detailed because I have like a big like like a big like Home Depot, like those tough plastic crates of like my anime figures. Like yeah. when, I, when I was like a teenager and in my early 20s, I was big into collecting those. And I just kind of like, you know, lost interest in that hobby. But um, I would pay so much money for like a really, really good sculpt of like a cloud in drag. I would pay so much money for that. That would be awesome. I'm sure someone has probably either made a three, at least even made a 3D model just on their own time. Or I could print it. I could probably print could. It. Yes, funny. <laughs> uh, I was just looking up the uh, the fever dream of, of an episode that uh, Juice was talking about, and it's called Child's Play. Oh my and god! Oh, of course. The entire premise is that like this company wants to um, make all the adults in the world childlike. Wow! And it's also oh my god, really? <laughs> That's so on the nose. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, so I'm like, oh, okay, this is unlocking some deep seated uh, memories here, and I'm like, yes, no. Now that I'm looking up the pictures of this episode, I I did very specifically watch this one. Yep. 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 Heard that makes chef. so much sense. Yeah. Heard chef. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Thanks, Juice. Thanks, Juice. <laughs> Thank you for answering my questions. Thank you for submitting such a good question. This episode, Dear Jazzy, is brought to you by Padding Power, the ABDL themed trading card game from Zakiru. If you're looking to collect and play a great new card game while supporting creators in our community, please visit paddingpowertcg.com. You can also join the community Discord where you can connect with fellow players and get a game or two in. Plus, me and Fani both have signature cards. Again, paddingpowertcg.com. Yeah. Uh, let's get into uh, the questions. Uh, Fani, do you want to take this first one? Uh, yeah, I can do that. Uh, this one is from Chloe, pronoun she, Faye, uh, who writes, Dear Necromancer Fani uh, and her Cavalier Jazzy. You don't even know. Uh, I'm trying to understand the appeal of messing and hypermessing that has taken over my ABDL Twitter feed. I've tried messing before, and the cleanup completely outweighed the positive feels that I got from it. While I understand in abstract some people being into it, it seems to have come to dominate the community, and I need help understanding why. Praise to the Emperor, Undying, and the Nine Houses, Acolyte Chloe of the Cult of the Locked Tomb. So, you want to know about hypermessing. Uh, when this was submitted back in August, there was absolutely a huge influx of hyper mess content on the tweeter. Um, it still kind of is there. Like some people are still riding that hype train, but it was like really, really, really like red hot in terms of like content in the scene for like a while. And it like goes and comes and comes and goes and it ebbs and flows. And people are like, fuck you. I love this. And then it'll kind of go quiet and then it'll come back and oh, I love it. Uh, as all things do, uh, like the femboy Hooters diaper outfit, like that was like, like a thing in the scene for like such a long time. And then hyper messing was like a thing. And like, there was always like a thing. Right. And, um, I think like the whole idea, like the whole appeal of messing is just like, it's like a couple different things. It's different for different people. For some people, it's the depravity of it. 
Uh, for some people, it's like the innocence. For some people, it's like the loss of control aspect. For some people, it's like the losing yourself in headspace aspect. For some people, it's like the hashtag bimboification, like LOL, I'm dumb, I need diapers aspect. There, Everyone likes it for a different reason. Like the amount, the, the, for the amount of reasons for people get into that are as numerous as the people who are in the scene. Um, and in my experience, like, yeah, sure. It's something that like I can enjoy, but I definitely agree with you on the cleanup part of it. Like that totally like bags it for me. Like if I know that I have a CG who is consenting, is pre-warned and is willing to help me with the cleanup, then I'll do it. But if I don't, then it's extremely unlikely for me to do it just because it's just like, you know, it is a lot, you know, and it's weird. Cause like, I'm not phased by like helping, like, like clean other people. Like, obviously I don't want to name names, but I was helping to care give for someone like a really close friend of mine. And I was just like, not phased at all. Like it's no big deal. It's specifically mine. And I don't know why that is but I want to pass the talking stick. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I've been around the art scene for a minute. Um, really? Not as much recently. So. <laughs> not as much you recently, but like, you don't say, you don't say, yeah. Perhaps juice can also, uh, relate to this thing of like, it's, it's always been, uh, a fairly sizable pocket of of the community where like there's oh, certain artists sizable, right? that's yeah that you really <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, but uh i'd also wonder if it's like the algorithm trying to like give you something new and then the algorithm is like oh you're not gonna interact with this okay cool um we'll we'll try something new um, imagine the Twitter algorithm being programmed to like show you different aspects of the ABDL scene. What a trip that is it program though. Is it is though? It? Is it though? Is it? <laughs> it's, it's a wild animal at this point. Just yeah. like throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks. It's feral uh, computer code. It truly. But yeah, like all the, the the points of like why it happens, I I don't think I could really add to that. Um, uh, a, a huge component of it seems to be humiliation. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely. How about I ship this talking stick over to Juice? Oh, oh, I'm gonna help answer these questions too. I'm Absolutely, that's why we have you on oh. the show, my friend. Oh, just oh. sit there, sit there, twiddle your thumbs. Just sit there and twiddle my thumbs. Sit there and, and... be pretty. Make, and, dr- make and, draw, and draw and draw and draw messing while we talk about it are you actually um, no i'm not i was gonna say <laughs> i think it's it's funny because i remember like ever since i was in the community it's always been like a thing that's like front like forefront at the weird forefront obviously it's you know most of the time you look at abdl art and it's like oh cute you know character dressed up or whatever but like there's something so blatantly um just yucky. Not to say obvious, but not even. I mean, that's the thing too. Is that part of it is the um, is it because it's such a specific thing mm-hmm. that um, your eyes aren't like to go to it. And yeah, like to me, like thinking about like I'm my art is not. It's like it, there's some caricature and some cartooniness in my art, but it's a lot of it is very grounded in realism. Mm-hmm. So the idea of like like four times your body weight in a diaper doesn't 
really like make sense. Not to say it doesn't like it doesn't personally appeal to me. You know, I'm not going to yuck anybody else's yum, but it's it's something I just never really understood. I never really saw like the logical part of my brain can't really accept. So I've never really attempted it or drawn it or, or had any desire to. But the thing is with it's yeah, again, it, it, it ties back into humiliation. It's the most like I think if that is the if there's one act that can represent how vulnerable someone can be or how um, in need of help or uh, to show lack of maturity, it is messy, mm -hmm. like for many people. So like I could see why it's appealing. And again, yeah, like like you mentioned before, like cleanup is definitely the one thing that turns most people off is mm -hmm. that like it's is the is it worth that and to some people if you again if you have a really good cg or a really good partner who can be there for you and is accepts that and, or welcomes it then great it saves you less trouble on your end mm -hmm. but uh you know i think i i definitely see the appeal on it but i think there's a balance i think there at least especially for me coming at it from a, from an art point of view of drawing it versus, you know, drawing it and, and visualizing it as a thing versus actually committing to it yourself. Yeah. Kyra has an incredible point uh, talking That's about, yeah. Yeah. On the usual bet, they talked about how a hyper hyper mess art usually depicts visually how you feel, how, how it feels like to you when you're in that moment and everything. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, my God, that's so true. I forgot yeah. they talked about that. And it's just like, you know, for me, when I see hypermiss art, it's usually just like the diaper is so big, you could physically sit on it and everything. Like a beanbag chair. Yeah, like a beanbag chair. Exactly. And yeah. I'm, you know, and uh, I know that the company Oof Poof makes those like physically giant cloth over diapers and that is supposed to like be like the comically large cartoonishly large diaper. But there's something about like, you know, cartoon anatomy and real life anatomy that just makes it like not work. But I've seen, right. I've seen uh, people like quadruple up with uh, like ABUs and it looks like within the realms of human anatomy, like real life anatomy, it looks equivalent to the cartoon anatomy of like the beanbag chair. Whereas a quadruple ABU with like a bunch of stuffers, it, it you know, it, it goes down like, you know, halfway down your thigh. And that's like mm -hmm. within real life, like, you know, congruency, like it hits that vibe. And like, I really like the idea of like, if you were to sit down in that, you're sitting on the diaper, not sitting on the floor. Like, yeah, I like that. That's a really like hot idea. To but, yeah, the cushion, the cushion aspect of it. The cushion. Like, thank you. Yes. I yeah, interrupted The fact you. that you're elevated off the ground that you can't like, I mean, that's the thing. And a lot of stories too. people talk about like the first time they wear, it, it's like, I can't put my knees together or I can, I can barely walk in this thing. And that's part of the, mm -hmm. I guess the appeal of it too. And, and to go back on what uh, you were said about like how it feels Mm -hmm. like it's it's representative the the visual represents kind of the feeling that you get from it it's the same as like how some people draw diapers is more poofy versus more realistic yeah you know it's 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 like capturing the the, the elements that you appreciate or like the most about something it's like if you're gonna draw i always i make this example too like you see old illustrations of food 
yeah. like from old magazines before photography got really, really big. And you see like oh, yeah. when they paint like an ice cream sundae, it's always like, oh, the ice cream isn't melted. And like the cherry is like a perfect cherry with a perfect stem. And the, the whipped cream is almost molded to it. And, and the, the, uh, the chocolate sauce looks perfect. It There's no imperfections in it. And it captures like, it, it makes you want to eat it. It's delicious. Like if you see yeah. someone who does like an, or like a, like a, like a fried egg, it's always the yolk is so, so perfect. And the white egg white is white. You don't see any of the brown crusty edges of an egg. It's always perfect. So like some people, when they draw certain things, in this case, uh, diapers or diaper art, it's evoking the thing that appeals to them the most. They emphasize or caricature or exaggerate the thing that they love about it, but diminish the less appealing or the things that don't excite them as much that's mm -hmm. why you see so many people draw diapers it's these like almost like like pillows like they're these big poofy things and and some people draw them super realistically to the point where it's it it no longer looks like something soft anymore like there's there's a weird fine line between the, making something kind of cartoony and making something realistic but finding a nice balance between the two mm -hmm. so that is like literally so insightful i've been i literally did not have the words to articulate that and i don't think i even thought about that because i'm not like a visual artist like you know my brain doesn't make those connections that is so fascinating yeah hey juice mm -hmm. did you go to art school i did it tracks. It, it, it tracks. Yeah. yeah, we can tell. I'm not. I'm not good at describing things. It's like for me, pictures are usually worth a thousand words. For me, yeah. so I'd rather it's easier to show it than tell it. But if I describe it as something, that's why. Like, if you watch, every guy seen the movie The Shape of Water, the yeah, Guillermo yeah, yeah, yeah. movie, yeah. and there's that guy whose job is that he's painting like Jello. Mm -hmm. And that's his job is exactly like exactly whenever you were saying the the image of the the Sunday, I was like, oh, like the shape of water, and the guy who's right. kind of it's literally of a job like. The guy has to take something and make it look as delicious and appealing as possible. To yeah. if someone looked at it, they're like, "Oh, I really want some Jello. I really want an ice cream sundae." And you you don't want to show someone. It's like when even when you see like a menu when you get something from like if you look at Yelp or something or a menu and you see Definitely. images of the food, they're mm -hmm. obviously going to make the food look better than it actually is going to come out to you on the plate. Yeah, that's just the way to make it more appetizing. And I think that's part of the appeal of it is that for some people. Like in the hypermessing thing, it, it evokes a feeling of, yeah, it feels that's how I feel after I do go or like what how I almost imagine it to feel. And you want to some people want to really capture that 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 kind of a, that feeling, that sort of emotion they get from uh, from looking at it. Juice, so. is there a name for this concept? Um, I would just say not to say relatability. Um. I don't know. I know there's a term. There's probably a term for like something. Suspension of disbelief, plausible deniability. Uh, plausible, yeah. plausible, impossible. Plausible, yeah. impossible. Well, the plausible impossible is more of a cartoon rule that like something that even if it's so outlandish, like it doesn't make any sense, like it logically doesn't make any sense in the world of a cartoon. Okay, that it looks like in this world or in this context, it would make sense. Like if a character gets squat, it gets squashed by something that would go flat and then pop up. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. that they yep. would stretch a certain way, or if they walk off a cliff and they're not looking where they're going, they'll still still be suspended in the air until they realize, oh, they're up in the air. Yeah. Like there's, I think mm -hmm. there's an element to that with art too, where you can look at something and 
Because a lot of people, when they draw art or when they write stories, they're coming up with a world that either follows similar logic to ours or there's some things that are completely thrown out the window. And you can accept it in the context of that thing. And it's a, and you're like, okay, I can accept that. Like there's a lot of, um, oh, what are the diaper dimension stories, which are like mm-hmm. not real mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Like obviously it's not a real thing. And a lot of stuff that happens, and even a lot of people's art, they'll create a world where like, oh, um, ABDL or people being treated like babies is normalized. And yeah. we, want mm-hmm. it to, we want it to be that way. Like this, the artist does and the viewer looks at it and goes, yeah, I wish it was like that. And evokes that feeling of, of want or the desire or even to some people and it turns people on too. And it, it hits that button for them too. So like it, 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 it's appealing in many different ways for folks. You know, so. that, that's part of the reason why second life, uh, why I was so into second life is because ABDLs are like almost as common as furries in second life. And furries are like a very sizable chunk of the population and baby furs are a very sizable chunk of the furry population. So thusly by, you know, the law of attribution, there's a lot of ABDLs on second life. And it's kind of like the idea of like the diaper verse in which it's normal, it's normalized. And obviously like you don't do that in certain parts of second life that are like all ages. You keep that confined to like the mature areas of second life. But like that whole idea, I love how cerebral this discussion is. Like we went from talking about like butt chugging Malort and getting wicked high to talking, having like this like unbelievably cerebral discussion about the epistemology of hyper messing. <laughs> like, I mean, that that's, that's, <laughs> that's funny to me just because like, yeah. I love having these sort of in-depth, almost philosophical discussions about why it's it's as a visual artist it's something that like appeals to me just to take something and break it down as to like it's you're obviously art to me is something that you can get an emotional response from even if it's a negative response it's still an emotional response Mm -hmm. so the idea of how that affects people differently and how people are wired differently and yet there's so many people in our community who have very similar opinions and very similar um ideas yeah it's kind of cool to talk about it and kind of you know wax nostalgia or, or just or anything just to kind of keep that ball rolling and feel like oh we're not alone i'm not the only i'm not the only freak in this pond yeah yeah you know we got a lot of mileage out of that question we did uh-huh. it was a good question we did it feels like we didn't fill up the gas tank it feels like we charged up in like an electric vehicle battery not like filling up a car with gas we we got like some like super fuel <laughs> and we just like drove on that question for like a billion miles that was good that was great yeah i um, love just hearing you guys go back and forth on these things that's really cool yeah that, likewise i that's what i love about uh doing this show is just like the the banter is so so good and so natural it just like the format of the show is so conducive to it i always love a show that has good big naturals big naturals that's a good way of putting it. All right. This next question is from Catpuff, who writes, Dear Jazzy and Fawny, what's up? It's your girl back at it again with another question. Uh, today, I got to know the answer to the question all us people out in the internet land want us to know. That was physically painful to read, but I still love you. 
uh, what's the shittiest diaper out there? Like, not literally <laughs> shitty. I mean, I, I put these right next to each other on purpose. Like, not I literally shitty. I mean, it's fine. We get it. You must your church. We all do. I mean, what, what, hold on, dyslexia moment. I mean, as in the worst ones you've ever tried. Depends, also cutes. Hell, even the weird store brands from the Midwest or something completely different. Uh, if something similar has been asked before, have you changed your answer? I am eagerly in italics awaiting your response from Catpuff. Curious to a fault, pronoun she, her. Good question. Excellent question. Excellent question. Uh, do so in a way that will not lose the show sponsors, please. <laughs> Can I be controversial? Yes. The best and worst are Rabina. Okay. Elaborate. They're good and they're bad. Uh <laughs> are you talking specifically about M4s? Yes. Yes, I'm talking specifically about the plastic back M4s. Okay. Um they're very absorbent. They do exactly what they're supposed to do is which is absorb and hold things until they don't anymore and until you try to get them off of yourself. And then mm -hmm. they just fall apart. Yep. Uh, those tapes are not refastenable. When you fasten nope. that tape, it, it's a commitment harder to break than marriage. <laughs> Trying to get an M4 off of your body is like a fucking divorce process where everyone is in the wrong. <laughs> like every time you tape one down, you are signing some terms and conditions that uh, probably break the Geneva Convention. It feels like you're no signing refund. no refunds. It feels like you're signing the yeah. Apple TOS. Like you just bought a new iPhone <laughs> really? and you have to sell your soul to the ghost of Steve Jobs. Right. My and experience. The tiny print, it was like, this This is never coming off. Yeah. Good luck. Oh my God. We we just ended Personalias. Oh no, buddy. <laughs> no. No. Oh, no. Just running ow, ow, ow over Oh, over buddy. Again. Oh. For those not in the know in the pre-show, uh, Purse is recovering from some stuff right now, and uh, laughing is extremely painful <laughs> for him right now. So I'm going to hit you with the... Sometimes I tape my dick to my thighs. And, you know, hopefully that doesn't kill you. <laughs> oh, I, I wish that were I wish that were me. God, I wish that was me. Or me. Mm. What, what did it for you, Purse? Was it the the M four the marriage? The Describing it as a as a yeah as a as the, a commitment that you can never break from the Apple TOS. Yeah. Um, I I I agree that I don't. Oh, purse is typing. We got to uh, know. Inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> we'll type when we can breathe without crying. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh. buddy, I'm Poor sorry. Bastard. I'm so. You know, so you know what? While they while they recover, I remember not to go back to Cap briefly, but sure. I told them because I this was the first time we were going to meet in person. I said, "Purse, when we meet, I want to do something. I want to buy you a drink, and I want to punch you dead in the arm <laughs> because he has this uncanny ability because he's writing a story right now that is so wonderful, but puts me through the emotional ringer every week. Where every time he updates the story." I have to like close my phone and like look out at the horizon and re-question my every choice I've made in my life uh -huh. because I, I I get like I'm so satisfied and I keep coming back for more. It's like a wonderful story, but it gets so dark and I but I enjoy it a great deal. 
and maybe this is retribution for that. Mm-hmm. We're going to make you laugh and you're going to feel pain. Because I never actually got to punch him in the arm at Cap. Aww. Maybe you can mail I, I that did, to him. I, I did not have the heart to do it. Oh. Also, his mommy was there. I'm not going to do that to in front of his Yeah, you can, like, a little love tap, maybe. Maybe. But yeah. I didn't do it. So, like, now, um, not to say that you deserve it, Purse, but we're, we're not going to stop making jokes on your behalf. So, if you're in pain, we're sorry, but not sorry. <laughs> I'll say it with my whole chest, uh, Purse deserves it. Both of you really deserve it, because back when I had my first surgery... Uh, my orchiectomy and everything my abdominal down hurt like a bitch you two just kept making me laugh and then i said you were drawing of you grinding <laughs> i was grinding your chin on like a like a, like a grindstone yeah for a grindstone yeah and that sent me that almost put me in the grave uh that was during my second surgical recovery yeah. where my the because i was cut inside my mouth like physically the to, bottom, get, to, to get into it yeah, yeah the bottom half of my face was pulled down around and like to get to the bone and it hurts so bad obviously and you with your whole chest send me this drawing that's hilarious I'm like, i was tempted <laughs> to send images i was tempted to send, you know how like in cartoons is images of like characters getting their lips pulled over That's their head what, literally what happened to me yeah i was so tempted to send like just screen grabs just out of context of that to you <laughs> saying empathize much you know like yeah but I, I didn't it felt it. like I daffy duck heart. going with his beak exactly <laughs> yeah and your head is like the beak is open but your head is through it yeah <laughs> like the lips are open but your head is like coming out of it it's yeah like a, like a like a tex avery take yeah uh, you're but- just going, and like your mouth is open that was my mouth yeah that was so good that was, i did an i did an ooga sound That's the most perfect ooga I've ever. But the fact that I do this too, that you know that my eyes are coming out at the same time. Yeah. Oh, who posted a no mic? And it's that crying. was purse. Oh, okay. Oh, they were crying because of the me making the weird sound. Uh, purse was sent by divorce where everyone is in the wrong. hey fuck you too buddy i love you i'm I'm, I'm gonna give a heart to that too yeah i'm gonna send him the hug emoji oh i love you purse okay uh before we get back and actually answer this question uh this jogged my memory uh at capcom one of the things uh that has become literally a mainstay in conversation in uh the the starshine household something that gray and i say to each other on like a very regular basis just like our everyday lexicon to each other is you can go up to the desert and die like a fucking lizard (laughs) just like i forget how you said like go to the fucking desert and die like a lizard (laughs) just like we've been saying that and like oh yeah i could do this or i could just go die like a fucking lizard Who said who said die like a lizard? You did because uh, I did. Yeah, uh, me, Joe, and Luna were talking about uh, to you when you were in our room talking about like, oh, we should visit Southern California and hang out together. And you're like, yeah, you can go 30 minutes west and go for a nice swim, 30 minutes east, and you can go skiing. You can go 30 minutes south and get cop in Hollywood. Wait, traffic. You go out of the desert and die like a fucking lizard. Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> you can go 30 minutes north and die in the desert like a fucking lizard. <laughs> that was like me a few weeks. We had a hundred. We had uh, the highest it got. The highest temperature it got here recently was 115 degrees. Oh, fuck that, and dude. You when you walk outside, like is someone cooking bacon? And you're like, no, wait, that's me. Yeah. You could feel your skin like like the heat on your skin cook. It's like an yeah. awful feeling. And that's what it must be like in the desert. Oh, God. Like a fucking lizard. <laughs> Die like a fucking lizard. I'm sorry for doing the really shitty New York accent. I hope that that it's wasn't fine. like problematic. I no, was doing I'm a, that and I was just like, wait I'm the a last person to be offended by anything. Okay, well. good. Did it feel like you were back home for just a second? It's what I think about. I think it might the one video that makes me homesick is the the video of the guy in a bodega with a kitten going, yeah. it takes a pet like, like no, no problem. problem. Yeah. Right, not afraid at all. Oh my god. AWL. Takes a pet like no problem. Oh my god. Yeah. So that discussion. That's a great that's a great cat right there. <laughs> it takes petly no problem this bit that we no just problem. did uh we just made luna do a spit take all over their monitor oh, sorry that's <laughs> oh that's not, so sorry i.e not sorry <laughs> okay back to worst diaper um i agree m4 and any m4 core style diaper i do not like and i talked about this at capcom specifically because it's too clumpy for me yes like you pee yes. and it clumps and then it hangs and Ugh. that's not for me that's not mm-hmm. that's not my take uh worst diaper uh that i have ever tried personally because i i have standards and i definitely refuse to try things like depends and stuff like that uh worst official diaper probably an m4 also cutes are not great either um but the worst diaper ever was the one that i made when i was in college i tried to do the trash bag and paper towel <laughs> trick it oh didn't work. no i wound up getting piss all over my dorm room but it was fine because i like piss and it got all over one of my inflatables i was bouncing on so it's just like oh no my my diaper went everywhere and now there's piss all over my pool toy what a great fucking night let's go and then i came like a bajillion times it was great so it wound up being fine but that (laughs) diaper was awful (laughs) oh mental image the mental image (laughs) incredible right when you right when you describe like the make like the diaper i made myself i literally in my mind went oh no dot (laughs) dot dot oh no because i first of all i can relate to that Mm-hmm. I understand, but I knew that it was not going to be pretty. Yeah, <laughs> and you were, you were, you were exactly. I, my expectations were exactly what you what said. Yep. Uh, so this was 2014. Uh, so this is before I think ABU got their feet back on the ground, like in full operation. Like they're still trying to get rid of the old stock from the previous owners. And like the only other company out at the time, because Tykables wasn't a thing yet, I don't think. Crinkles was barely what did not exist in the United States. It was only in Germany, and they had one print. And your option for ABGL diapers at the time were uh, Bambino, and I was just like, and I and even then I had anxiety about shipping things to my dorm room, even though I had a single dorm room and no one would see my mail. But you know whatever um so yeah that's my story juice what's your worst diaper um before i answer this question i want to ask 
and you can cut this out if mm-hmm. if so. Sure. Is sure. Bambino a, is Bambino a sponsor? Bambino is not a sponsor. I have no oh, plans for them to sponsor me, so you can shit on them all you want. All right. Well, I don't <laughs> want Barons. to. That's the, the point. Is that I talk about the Red Barons. Yeah. I don't want. I don't want to. Sh- that you said you could shit on them all you want. That's just it. I don't want to. That's how much I don't like. Their- <laughs> um, I'm loading it up got- right now, buddy. The the draw. You're looking up the images. Yeah. All right. Here's here's the thing though. I'm gonna say it outright. Um. I am a, I am a fraud. I don't, I don't, I'm not a connoisseur of diapers. If someone put like a bunch of them, it's not like the Pepsi challenge where I could look at them and be like, that's Tychables, that's ABU, that I, Rears, I can't tell the difference of any of them. I don't remember who makes what Mm. and who does that. that. Like all of it goes right past me. Um, I've had I, me and um, Chloe and Sophie had a long discussion about these Bambinos on their podcast a while, like a year ago. I remember that. And yeah. and um, it, it, as an artist, visually, it they're the worst because it just it it shows just the lack of perception. Mm-hmm. But we had also a really great discussion. And the for me, deep down, the worst. How about the ones that they just came out with that have like precious moments children on them? What? Hold on. They, oh no, they they didn't actually go through with those ones. Uh, oh, thank goodness. Oh, I thought I thought they announced because they announced like a few weeks ago, like coming in stock soon. It was those. Those are the ones or that everyone they, dunked did they, on. Did they backtrack on those. Yeah, yeah, everybody dunked on them, but then I saw someone reposted that they were still going through with them. Oh shit. But maybe I'm. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But uh, I remember that not, they were like. Oh, yeah. In terms of like customer feedback and what was it, yeah. it wasn't this one, was it? No, it has a bunch of little kids on it. It looks almost like a fun with Dick and Jane looking book. Fun with Dick and yeah. Jane. Uh, yeah. This I, I have a problem with because the thumbnail is literally, it's not, the, this, for the, this is for those like not art, in the visual medium. Yeah. For the visual, for the folks that can't, because we're looking at it on the Discord, it's like a spaceship one, it looks like. And it's got like, an is that an alien or is that like a cat with a, helmet it's on. a cat it's, it's a cat which is a cute no, that, idea see, like that that like again it goes back to the pot like the puns but i still hate the the contractor because it sounds like i'm saying a four-letter word mm-hmm. i really don't like the names like in the, in the theming and the, the clip art to go back to like my work like worst diaper to me it's not a specific it's ones that just don't fit me yeah because i'm dumb and everybody's sizes are different. Yep. So like what is a large for one company's diapers is a fucking medium for another or an extra large for another. And I made this mistake. I was at Capcom and I bought the last pack of Little Kings at the con. And I was so excited and I brought them home and I realized, oh, I bought the large. I don't fit in a large anymore. This sucks. I still have the one you <laughs> gave me, by the way. Oh, really? Because we traded an alpha gator, right? Yeah, we did trade. Hashtag diaper yeah. economy. Yeah, diaper uh, uh, barter, baby bartering. Baby bartering? Yeah, babying. Bar- yeah, whatever. But I don't, I, I, for me, it's just not so much like the diapers themselves are the worst. It's I'm the worst for buying something that I can no longer fit in. And it's frustrating that the sizing is so vastly different from diaper to diaper. For someone like me, who has, in the last few years, admittedly, I've, I've gotten a belly. I'm, I, I work at a job where I sit at a desk and lean forward over a computer all day. Mm-hmm. 
I don't, I didn't, I wasn't, I couldn't leave the house. I couldn't go to the gym. I have a belly now. It sucks. Mm -hmm. Wearing a diaper when you have a belly sucks. It does. And having a diaper where it's a large, but the wings are still the same length as if it was a medium or a small doesn't make me feel any better or happier about being in the space at all. So like, I guess I can't pinpoint a single diaper that I don't like um, other than my own diapers I've made like you did (laughs) that that's terrible. And you realize worthwhile mistakes or worthwhile lessons that you learn the hard way or like my first depends, which were six tape nightmares. Oh God. Uh, I definitely agree. Diapers that don't fit me literally make me feel unbelievably uncomfortable. Um, and like there are definitely times like I'm like any other human being. There are some times where I'm a little bit bigger. There's sometimes we're a little bit smaller, like all of us. And, you know, it, it's like and and Gray helped me recognize this of like when I'm a little bit smaller physically, I don't have any problem getting into a little space when I feel yeah. like I'm a little bit bigger. It really hampers my ability to feel small. And like, I definitely do not want to wear diapers when I'm kind of in those spaces. And I like just recognize this. I'm working on it in therapy. And it's like such a thing. Like, I feel that. Yeah. Oh, Fawny found them. Oh, thank you, Fawny, so much for showing us these. You're so welcome. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. (laughs) I need everyone else to hurt as much as I do. Oh God! I wonderful. I I have a not a not a I don't want to make it because every time I go on a tangent, it always adds fifteen more minutes to this damn podcast. But I uh, this episode. But I recently had uh, for the first time in almost a decade uh, an actual mommy experience. That's right. Yeah. And um, yeah. I was so self conscious and inside of my own head, and they told me like you know. I understand you're you're in your own head right now, but it's okay. You know, I accept you for who you are. Mm-hmm. And they were really wonderful about it. And that helped. But I still was very self-conscious. And sure. um, they helped me they helped me having someone else to tell you everything's okay and they and they, they love you and think you look cute and beautiful the way you are helps a great deal. But it's it's rare, especially when you're on your own where you're like, Oh, I have to put this on and the tapes are popping. Mm-hmm. by themselves or i have to look at i have to pass by a mirror on the way out and it makes me very self-conscious it's very tough and i think it's hard for people like me who have slightly you know i have wide birth and hips mm-hmm. personally uh i have wide hips and a, a bit of a belly i don't like getting the diaper thong look mm-hmm. yeah if you know what i mean do you know what i mean by that that is what stops me from getting into the little space is the diaper thong yeah, that the front facing, you know, where yeah. it goes like from where the tapes are, it turns into like a like a piece of plastic that's like this that's like a like this thin. Yeah, and it's just like super thin and it gets stretched out and it just makes me feel like awful. I'd rather I'd rather wear. I know some people don't like it. I'd rather wear a diaper where if you tape it, it comes past my belly button up here. Yeah, because at least I know that it's covering my stomach, mm-hmm. than having it be under my stomach. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, definitely. 
accessible sizing is a thing that the community really, really, really needs to work on. And I feel like yeah. with time, that is something that will get worked on. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Do we want to go to the next one? Yeah. For sure. Okay. What do you think? One more? Uh, yeah, we'll see where we're at after this one. How about that? Yeah. I do want to get to slide number eight, though. Just saying. I was going to say, I really want to get to slide number eight. So we shall see. Okay. Okay. I think we're coming back around to uh, Juice's turn to read. I believe oh, so. am I reading for slide seven or are we going to eight? Uh, slide number seven, please. Okay. Um, uh, dear Jazzy, it's Austin or Katie, pronouns she, her. I am gut thinking a transition. I am gut thinking at transitioning to a female. Do you have any ideas on cheap ways to start the process and any ideas for telling your family? Thank you for everything you do. Oh, I was about to read. That's <laughs> sent from my no iPhone. Punch. Yeah. Well, sent for from my iPhone. That's a great question. Uh, jokes aside, um, in terms of transitioning, uh, MTF, um, it, it's. I always recommend people like do not DIY it. Like your health is not something you should ever DIY. Uh, if you are able to, definitely like make an appointment with a like a, with, a, with a specialist, someone who is certified to work with the LGBTQIA plus community, uh, someone who really understands uh, uh, WPATH standards and like, you know, all the things. Um, at bare minimum owns a copy of the DSM-5-TR. Uh, so definitely don't DIY it. So try to find, do some research. Like there's lots of websites that will help you like, uh, help you basically identify a doctors in your area. Uh, I'm, I'm speaking uh, through the lens of a United States uh, citizen. Uh, so I'm, I've, I've, all the advice I'm giving is specific to the U S experience. Um, I started my journey by uh, just talking to other trans people that I knew asking like, you know, who's your primary care provider? What hospital system do you work through? Uh, do you have any recommendations or referrals and just like really like networking with people in my area? Uh, if you don't know a ton of people in your area, uh, if you look online, uh, and the, cause there's a ton of different, like search for doctor websites, or you could also, uh, search for one through your insurance provider. If you have insurance, uh, you said you live with your parents, uh, so if you are, if you're still covered under their insurance, you can go to that insurance provider's website and look through their, uh, I don't want to say catalog cause that feels weird. It's not a rolled their index, their index of providers, um, to find a gender specialist. Uh, that's what I would do, uh, in terms of telling your family, um, if you are in a position where you feel that your housing stability would not be in danger, uh, then go for it because talking to your family can potentially be dangerous depending on, uh, your family's tolerance to queer people. And if they're not, and I mean, by all means do not hide who you are, 
but also like definitely prepare for whatever consequences there would be either positive or negative and like like just be prepared for that definitely so if you think that they'll react negatively maybe like talk to some people you know locally beforehand to say like hey i'm going to have this conversation if shit goes awry can I like talk to you? Can I get support and really build up that like in-person support network? Um, maybe going to like a support group uh, with them could really help open eyes. I remember like when I was a teenager, first coming out to my parents and having conversations with them. Uh, I was in group therapy at the time uh, during my intensive outpatient uh, when I was discharged from the hospital one of the times and it was uh myself my parents and then a bunch of other uh uh kids with their parents and it was like a really powerful experience for all the parents to like hear their kids talk and then talk amongst each other uh excuse me luna just wrote uh if there's an informed consent clinic in your area uh that means that they'll usually be able to help you out without gatekeeping or red tape uh i know that pardon me i know that planned parenthood is also really good about informed consent and have helped a ton of trans people out with starting their transitions and they work on the sliding scale which is fantastic uh so that is my advice and yeah this, this is, one this one's all you i was gonna say this is yeah. usually where i say talking stick but i'm like oh wait i'm the only one that's walked this journey before <laughs> Yeah. And as cool as Canada is, um, I don't know much about the process and I think it's a little similar to, to y'all's. Yeah. The, the experience is fairly universal. Uh, it's like, go through, see what insurance you have, find a doctor that takes your insurance, get on their wait list for an appointment. And there's the thing, the wait list. The wait list. The, U- yep, the United that's States. That's where the Canadian process starts. <laughs> yep. That is something that the United States does not have is a wait list because that is the only thing about our health system, which is decent, is that we don't have to wait. Anywhere else in the world, effectively, you will have to wait an exorbitant amount of time. I believe the current wait time to see a gender specialist in the United Kingdom is like three or four years. If you go through the NHS. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's the T. Uh, next one. Mm-hmm. Cool. Except for transplants. Since <laughs> summer. This episode of Dear Jazz is brought to you by AB Universe, the world's leading provider of ABDL and Incon products. If you want to support the show while restocking your petting stash, check out at oddswithgod.com sponsors or the sponsors channel in our Discord for 10% off your order of 50 or more. All right. Uh, this last one, uh, I think it's a good place to end off. We've been recording for 
two hours and two one there we go two hours on the nose we've been recording wow. oh man yeah another another you know it's a, a juice box episode when the show is over two hours long you know it's a good episode when it's two hours long this is exactly what i was hoping for is like a big grand like season four big fun episode per says do the voice do the voice in all caps which voice there we all the three of us have lots of voices between us yeah when you, oh my god okay. oh that voice that voice got it okay okay yeah, I will, you know that voice i know the exact voice to do okay Uh-oh. here we go Hello, you beautiful darlings. I am Darlene Lattle, or rather, the disembodied voice that inhibits the body of Darlene Lattle, as I'm sure you've experienced in your journeys through this lovely land we call King. There is a lot of drama to be found in the scenes. As a social butterfly, the vessel finds themselves walking a wire between various conflicting parties. What advice do you have for newcomers navigating the minefield complex interpersonal relationships of local munches and dungeons thank you for your wizened words and precious time stay lovely darling darlene lattle there we go of the rich and kinky lifestyles of the rich and famous (laughs) oh my god okay those those are some hard childhood memories coming back uh I was a huge Good Charlotte fan. Just saying. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, I understood the anyways, assignment. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, so good. It got. It hurts my throat a little bit. I bet. You use your throat when you do that voice. You don't like manipulate your mouth or your jaw. Yeah, it lives down here because my voice is like all the way up here and going down here. I'm speaking going through, down. going down, down in an earlier round. Sugar, we're going down swinging. Down, down to Goblin Town. It, it feels like uh, it's almost like how I do my Duke Nukem voice. Uh, I kick ass and chew balls and I'm all out of gum. You know, just like it comes from like down here because my natural range is like kind of like here and that's like all the way in the basement register. Yeah. That's like me going the opposite direction. If I try to go higher, it's, it's, I, I'm funny. Hello, everybody. It's all in the back of my throat. Yeah. Anywho, back to the question. Back to the question. With Dolly. sing that tiptoe. Tiptoe t- through the tulips for us. Tiptoe oh, through the thorny. <laughs> the thorny. Oh my. <laughs> Thank me. you so much. And now we should probably focus on the question. <laughs> exactly. I love this my show. apologies. Yeah, what advice do you have for newcomers navigating the minefield of complex interpersonal relationships with local munches and dungeons? Local munches and dungeons. Got it right on the first try. Yep. Uh, can I go first? Yeah. yeah. Find someone. Sure. You, find someone you trust. Find someone who you think passes your own personal litmus test, and ask them. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Find someone you know is a reliable source. And just ask for the tea, like, who should I avoid? That is literally the question. Is there anyone I should be aware of? Anyone I should avoid? That is literally the question. Uh, That is specifically for in-person community. When it comes to Shudder, Twitter. um, Here's the thing. And this speaks true to both online and uh, in-person, interpersonal relationships and community. Um, 
I don't care who you are. You can be any person in the world with the most amount of time ever. You can have 25 hours a day. There is no physical way you can background check every single person in a community. So if you, and I see this on Twitter all the time where it's just like, there'll be like a big artist with like, I don't know, like 4,000 followers or something. And like some, some like 19 year old will write a shitty call out post where it's just like, Ooh, this artist follower number 1942, uh, said poopy one time canceled. And it's just like, Oh, like this one random person that this artist probably doesn't even know exists, let alone follows them said something problematic. And because the artist did not block this problematic person when they followed them three years ago. And this account that you're so borked about hasn't been active in two years, literally hasn't been logged into. That's the reason why you're crying wolf on this person who is like totally fine and like not problematic and like a good person. Like that is a thing that really just rakes my balls like and i don't even have balls it's so frustrating when it's just like oh you need a background check every single person no you can't you yeah. can do a cursory glance when people follow you that's what i do is i do cursory glances at every single person that follows me and if they if they like you know pass like the really really quick litmus test like are you a minor no are you a nazi no okay sure welcome yep. Those are my big yeah. two. Are you a minor? <laughs> are you a Nazi? No, no, me. you can yeah. follow me. Exactly. And it's just like, that's because that's all I have time for. I'm a, we're all, the three of us are really, really busy. <laughs> Summer says my balls are rolling in their grave. <laughs> um, the, funny, the funny thing is that a lot of us have like, not everybody has multiple like lives or, or like my, I have two different lives, this life and my other one. Yeah. And I'm juggling between two of those. It's like, I can't keep track of every single person that comes in through my peripheral vision. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I miss, I miss things all the time. Also with the nature of social media, people will post something and then I won't even see a note. I won't even see it. Yeah. The algorithm yeah. will so, declare you don't get to see it. And then the people call you out for it. It's like, listen, I had absolutely no idea. Yeah. Exactly. I really don't know. Yes. Like, yes. Thank you for bringing this to my attention. I'll take action. Stop, stop being angry. <laughs> I haven't had yeah. time to react yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I remember this one time, there was literally a 15-year-old who was, like, super fucking pissed in my oh, DMs yeah. because, like, apparently I did something because apparently teenagers get to define what age play is and what ABTL is because yeah whatever and they're just like you can't post this because and you can't post that and you can't do this because i said so and this is pedophilia and you're a bad person and i'm telling i'm going to write a call out post i didn't even respond i just blocked i just blocked on site because they're a minor and that's what you do <laughs> and it's like yeah. why are you so angry and like if someone you know just like we've been saying you you physically cannot check. You cannot background check every single person. You just can't. I, I think that 15 year old might've been angry because they didn't get a Kit Kat in their lunchable. Oh, true. True. Maybe they yeah. got a bad yeah. grade on their spelling test. No. Indeed. Yeah. 
but yeah, it's uh, and also after you after your follower count gets a comma in it, Twitter doesn't always tell you every time someone follows you. You have to physically click on your followers and go through them periodically. Yeah, like, I have. I've had to do that too. Like I, yeah. I'll be remind. Like anytime someone, I'll get like a message, or a, not a DM, but I'll even just get a reply. On that's the worst when it's like a random reply yeah on your post mm-hmm. and you're like oh by the way this this person is underage and they're following you yeah and it's like oh okay and then what i'll do is i will go and i'll say all right they are underage block mm-hmm. okay yeah and yeah. then i'll look through my last hundred maybe my last hundred followers and be like um i'm not it's not like i'm it's not like a, it, i feel like a tsa person looking at like 400 passports an hour yeah. And yeah. Being like, how am I supposed to determine if this person is safe or not? Like, or, yeah, exactly. It's, it's impossible to do unless I give a background check to every single person. Like you mentioned, like you can't. You've, there's not enough time, energy, or in the world to do it. Yeah. yeah. You know, like and, they either have a number or a year in their their bio, or they don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like in person, it's so much easier, right? Because it's like it's your local community. It's really easy right. to litmus test like one dungeons community, one dungeons worth of people yeah. on the internet on FetLife and Twitter. It's every ABDL in existence. And then right. some, because some of them don't use Twitter and they're on like Instagram or <laughs> Facebook yeah. or like some other wackadoo app. Like right. it's every single other one. And, and like, like, Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm so continue. I apologize. Oh, it's okay. Uh, like every other community, you know, we have chuckle fucks in in the community. Like for every, I'm trying to think of like someone who is like unbelievably like wonderful in the scene. Like for every usual bet who does an unbelievable amount of good in our scene, there's like 20 deekers. Oh, <laughs> oh. Ex- oh god whenever i whenever i hear that name it's i just like, shudder yeah <laughs> a punch I mean, right to the gut yeah. yeah another thing too is like at a dungeon because you're going to a physical space they have very specific rules and protocols set in mind so that you know that when people who go into like a place like i just just this past uh sunday was our local age play uh party that we do at a local dungeon and there's a set of rules there's a set of you know people who come in they have to you know you know pay the toll in a sense but also understand the rules for new people there's orientation mm-hmm. there's not like it's not a, it's not like a wild west where people could just randomly like everybody in the world can just come up to you at any in a moment and interact with you so like in a dungeon you're in a, you're in a space you're in an enclosed space people needed to fit specific criteria to even get into the space so there's a bit of at least a set of boundaries there when you're in that kind of scene it's yeah. not like they're like Here's oh we just a per, three kids in a trench coat are outside about, uh, <laughs> getting their hand stamped to come out of the dungeon. That's not happening. Yeah, you know. Whereas on the internet, anybody can pretend to be whatever the hell they want to be, and there's that that, that invisible kind of wall of anonymity. Yeah, anonymity, 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 anemones, and that that'll you know it's it's easier and also because there's no. Um, limitation to how to interact with people because you're actually talking to people you're seeing their body language you're seeing how they hold themselves how you can if people are shy you can come up and talk to them or if they're wearing you know like we have the, the name tag rule where it's like we have green name tags yellow ones and red ones green come up and talk to me i'm open to talk yellow you know 
I, I might want to talk, but it has to be on our ter my terms, or red, just don't interact with me at all. Mm -hmm. And there's already set ways of how you've come across to people, whereas online, you can't gauge at all. You're not seeing them. You're not hearing them. You're not seeing how they mm -hmm. perform. You don't, you don't know anything about them except other than their username and the tweets that they write. Mm-hmm. And even then, how much of it is actually true? How much? How many people are following us right now, who don't have any, don't get, don't give any clues away as to what their age is, or who they are, or mm -hmm. what type of person they are? We don't know, and it's it's hard. It's make it's scary too. But like, that's sort of the risks that come with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I love I love the local dungeon scene because like at least in regards to maybe this question I don't know it's like again you're you're meeting people and you get to see like I actually just got a DM from someone on FetLife just in the middle of this uh, in the middle of this of the recording the show just mm -hmm. saying thank you for talking to me because it was their first time at the local play party Aww. and I and I was like because the thing is I used to be the wallflower mm -hmm. at the at the dungeon I used to go and then you look like a creep. Because you're just sitting there eyeing people. It's like, do I am I just a guy looking for a, a little girl? I'm a daddy looking for a little girl or something. But I was just nervous. I don't know. I, I'm I'm in this scene. I'm vulnerable and I feel open and exposed as it is. And then to actually interact with people, that's another bout of social anxiety on top of it. It's hard. But there were people there at this at this local party who would come up and be like, "Hi, I'm so and so. Are you you know come and we're gonna play or we're gonna talk over here. Come and join us." And then I got more open, and now I'm that I'm become that person who comes in like, "Are you new here? Have you gone to the orientation? Hi, I'm Juice. Welcome. We're very chill here. I hope you come back." You know, and the, having that actual interaction with folks to make them feel welcome mm -hmm. and know that hey, we're all chill, we're all cool, and you could gauge how people perform or you know what they're. You don't find out what they're if they have a you know an ulterior motive or anything. It's not like you're you're inter um, you know interrogating them. But at least you can engage people better and you're able to understand different people and how they function and their personalities. And that's how relationships form in a natural way. You make friends and you find common ground. And it's it's at least um, in an environment at a dungeon specifically or at a local munch or party where you can actually have that ability to meet people and talk to them in a very personal but still um, regulated way. Mm-hmm. Yes, Jeff. Um, oh, or Fawny. I could. I was looking at. Too. Mine is Sorry. super duper quick. Can I oh, okay. slide in yeah. super quick? Okay. Uh, you just essentially answered what I've taken seventy eight episodes to try to answer. How do I make friends? So thank you. <laughs> oh, cool. Just come back to episode. What episode number is this? Seventy eight. Come back to episode seventy eight. This is the new episode one. <laughs> yeah, we're starting from scratch here yeah. with me. Juice box. This oh, and this is the yeah. <laughs> every episode was a teaser for this episode. Yeah, like, yeah. There's, there's 78 <laughs> episodes of filler, 77 episodes of filler, the filler arc, and now mm -hmm. you're here. Man, what a shitty filler arc. Everyone. No, <laughs> all right, funny. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is like the Dragon Ball Z like stretch to the actual episode with the action. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Where people yeah. just stand and hover for like four episodes, just talking and, and floating like yeah. 30 yards from uh, yeah. each other. But to get right back to like the, the root of the, the problem of like advice for newcomers in the uh, minefield of complex inter interpersonal relationships in these these weird spaces. Um, yeah, 
uh, as a newcomer, it can be like, oh, I did, I, I'm kind of uncomfortable in talking about this part of myself. And now I have to like talk to other people in real life about it. Exciting, scary. Um, and it, it is kind of easy to tell who touches grass right away whenever you start talking to them. So you feel <laughs> that, at least that's a, that's a great way of putting it. I love that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh, Purse is dead. Purse is dead. You killed him. Purse is dead. He's dead. You killed him. (laughs) He tried to touch grass, but his hand slapped the return key before he could finish the word ass. I'm literally that might I might actually have to put that phrase in my like regular lexicon of types of people. Please do, please yeah. do. Oh god, like, I know that's an time, older phrase from a whole the, bunch of other internet communities where it's just like, "Hey, buddy, you have been terminally online. Go touch grass." Terminally please. online is one of my favorite insults. I love terminally <laughs> online. I, I for letters. the longest time. I stopped using it for a while because people didn't get it, which also cemented why I love the term smooth brain. Oh, yeah, that's a good <laughs> I one. I love yes. smooth brain. <laughs> smooth so brain is really up good. I'm putting go touch grass or this person is the type of, this person hasn't touched grass yet. I'm putting that yes. in my in my in my uh, Rolodex of things. I, like I always I find say, it. Yeah. Just tactful enough where it's just like I'm recommending that you go outside into the real world for a minute. It it's for so someone's best interest. And it says so much. Yeah. Right. yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy uh 14 lately. And it's funny because that game is has such a chill community. And that every time someone starts to get spicy, everyone's just like, calm down, go touch grass. And it's so, so good. My version yeah. of that is go eat a cracker and sit down. That's yeah. good. But I That's think good. I think touch touch grass says so much more. It really it's like a when I was anybody in, need a cracker and sit down. But it's like what know. the nurses would do in elementary school. Like, oh my tummy hurts, eat a cracker and sit down. Yeah. Uh but my favorite one ever was when I was in uh AP computer science in high school. Uh my teacher referred to someone as a dice bag, and I've never been able <laughs> to survive. <laughs> Just, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is a, a, a teacher, right? You can't just call a student a nutsack. You have to call them is a it, dice bag. The, I mean, it, it's, there's a douchebag and a dice bag. Yeah. And yeah. The implication was douchebag. The specific type of douchebag would be a dice bag. Yeah. Like a dice bag is someone who would sit across from you at a Magic the Gathering tournament and say the most horrible sexist stuff ever. The that's, shitty dungeon master. The a, shitty a dungeon master. That's a dice, a bag. dice bag. That's a dice bag. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just to like continue on my point before we Sorry. went off onto the touching grass. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. About um, that. But I've been asked before by other people who are like outside of the community of like, uh, they've been concerned before they've been like oh i know a lot of really like weird kinksters and i'm like yes mm-hmm. of course you do because those are the vocal ones yeah and you can tell pretty quickly who doesn't touch grass yeah yep. yeah and thank goodness whenever you're like in a fostered community like your local dungeon or a munch there's usually a host and if you've got problems you can talk to your host mm-hmm. yeah being in a curated space does wonders for your social experience wonders mm-hmm. you you kill many birds with one stone by going to it's it's scary and daunting to go to a physical space and open up about a part of you that's um 
you've kept secluded and you don't feel like even to me to this day, I still feel uncomfortable saying the word diaper out loud. Sure. Mm -hmm. Like to go to a place where everybody not only says it, but wears it and rocks it mm -hmm. and talks about it or not even I mean, that's the thing too a lot of done a lot of parties i've gone to like yeah everybody's kinky but we're also talking about other things besides the thing that we're really into mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it's really it's scary and daunting and and, and horror and like it can, it can be really scary but once you kind of you know learn to you know get acclimated to the temperature of the water or the or, or you know when you, it's like going into a pool mm -hmm. you yeah know, like some people have to kind of put like go in one little bit at a time or people just dive in and get into it. Mm -hmm. It, as long as you find there's always going to be really awkward or, or um, maybe people that make you uncomfortable at any given situation. It doesn't have to be a kink related one. I mean, I've gone to, I mean, I was just at a convention recently where there was, you know, you know, people who are very socially awkward who come up to you and invade your space and they don't really know any better mm -hmm. and you feel mm -hmm. uncomfortable, but you're also, that's part of the experience of learning to find the type of people you feel comfortable around and feel accept you for who you are and can help you deal with, you know, I, my, my social anxiety is still, I still have social anxiety, but it's gotten a hell of a lot better since I started regularly going to local, our local play party and meeting people. Mm -hmm. And um, obviously being in this community and going to places like Capcom, which is a big, 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 big step for me. That was another, okay. you know, I remember, I think I, not to go back again, but at the end of, of Capcom, when uh, there was the closing ceremony, and but like, does anyone want to say anything about their experiences here? And people were lining up to the microphone. And I said, what the hell, I'll do it. And I just said exactly the same thing. Like, I feel welcome here. People are open. I'm communicating. I'm doing things I never thought I'd ever do. And I feel better about myself. And I feel whole for the first time and I feel welcome. Mm -hmm. And then I realized as I was up talking to literally there's like 15, there was like what, like 12 or 1500 people in that ballroom. Yeah. How many people, there was a lot of people there. There's a lot and I'm of like, people. I, I was standing there in, and I never would have thought even like five or six years ago, I would have done it. I'm standing in a, in a ballroom at this hotel, 1500 people there. And I'm dressed in short alls, obviously with a diaper underneath, holding a plush toy in my arms. And I have like a backpack on. And I'm talking about this community and going up in front of all these people. And I didn't feel, I didn't feel ashamed. I didn't feel embarrassed. I didn't feel um, like I was, I, I was talking to people who weren't on my side. It felt wonderful. I never would have done that if it wasn't for having those wonderful, encouraging experience from meeting folks at local play parties or um, munches or, or, or dungeon events or what have you. And that's part of the experience that comes with, you know, it's it's like the old saying, like you either you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. It's like you either experience it or you never experience it and then wonder for the rest of your life what would have been like if you did experience it. It's willing. It's worth it to just go and, and take the initiative and try it. Yeah. So what a beautiful full circle. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Is that the is that the vibe we want to close out on? I think so. One. I think so. Yeah. Unless we wanted me to share the anecdote of the, my orgy last Friday, where I watched a couple of guys, I, like Eiffel Tower, over a girl. Nice. <laughs> oh, they had like a what was it? Oh, I was about to say it wasn't like a cornhole stack. <laughs> <laughs> and they've done that. Uh, yeah. 
Oh, I'm going to, and I'm putting this in the chat for you, Jazzy, for the end of the show. It ties yeah. back into the beginning. Yes. <laughs> Hold on. Let me, let me play that. So it's on the recording. Oh no. Quiet! <laughs> oh my God. That's so fucking loud. <laughs> and the fact that the reverberation just carries out. It just to the keeps end of the clip. going. It's so, and this is truly full circle. The Mel Blanc recordings are so funny. And as someone who went to college to study acoustic science and recording engine engineering and like it's it's what I live and breathe and shit and eat. This is like it's my world is audio. What's so funny to me about these recordings is I know for a fact that these were recorded before people knew how the fuck to use a microphone like yeah this is and the limitations the, of just t- microphones of that period too yeah like all you had was ribbon mics that was it and at the time people were still trying to figure out the best ways to use them like we didn't have like as like the human race we didn't know how best to use a microphone yet so we just went with what we knew which was acting on a stage and it's just so funny to to me to hear like old like room audio, not dubbed audio, yeah. but room audio from like old black and white horror movies or Mel Blanc screaming his his lungs out. It's just the funniest fucking thing to me. So good. So you nerd. <laughs> I try. All right. One episode this has been. Uh, this episode looks like it is going to be after editing about two hours and 15 minutes, which is exactly what I was hoping for. This is a good chunky one. All right. Juice, who are you and how can people give you money? (laughs) Um, first of all, before I say that, before I say that stuff, thank you both for having me on again. Of course. um, This is wonderful. And also this is, this is the first time I was on the show. I was so going back to social anxiety. I was so afraid that you put a voice mask over me. That's right. Yeah. So it, this is how I sound. Mm-hmm. This is a, this is a, I'm not doing like the Seth MacFarlane. I'm like, hi, you yeah. scared the crap out of me. Um, I'm not masking things in any way, but it was, it's always a pleasure getting to talk to you both and to joke with you guys. And I, I am, personally looking forward to being able to hang out with both of you at the same time in the same space and eat more chicago style pizza oh fuck yeah dude and skip the malort this time skip the malort please for love of god skip skip this skip i I didn't get to be there you're gonna have to bring it back out for me at least oh great oh that's true my lou the skip to my lou my darling malort there <laughs> we can yeah, skip two to... very different things skip to my skip oh, more alert. like my blort <laughs> there you well, go this has been lovely this is... yeah <laughs> all right jesse ruined the great vibes yeah but all right. uh where can you find me uh i'm on twitter uh under uh juicebox underscore art on twitter mm-hmm. which is where i post most of my crap is on twitter but i also have a patreon which is um also, uh, juice. I think it is just juice box art mm-hmm. on uh, Patreon, and that's where I post fairly. I want to get more regular again, but I do post. It's only three dollars a month. There's no special tiers or special add-ons. It's like a tip jar. If you like my stuff, you'll think about throwing three dollars at me. Subscribe for a month, and then if you want to walk away, more than welcome to. No, I won't hold it against you. I'll personally 
maybe secretly hold it against you, but um, and and judge you silently. But no, but it, it it's all um, it's all there, and all everything that I post on my Patreon, I also post publicly. So just be happy to, and know that any money you support to me goes back right back into the community by supporting other people's Patreons. By Consider me your middleman. You, you support Dear Jazzy. Exactly. And Fawny. I support Fawny's too. It's you true. sure do. So, there you go. You get me my morning coffee. It's yeah. Great. Always a pleasure. Speaking of Fawny, who are you and how can people give you money? Yeah, oh, Fawny. God, you want to know who I am? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. You can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash FawnyABDL. And you can also find me at patreon.com just like Juice, uh, except my URL is different. It's patreon.com slash FawnyABDL. And you can find both mine and Juice's art. Uh, available for purchase. We've got a couple of pins and lanyards still on Etsy.com slash Assorted Crinkles. You sure do. And and we're hoping and we're planning on doing many more or at least more new stuff. As soon as as we can wrangle all the cats. Yeah, there's way too many cats. Exactly. We've both been very busy with our own lives and we're slowly, gradually poking out of that cave and wondering what's going on in the world mm-hmm. um, in this community. So we, we want to. And also, again, I'll say you in person, Fawny, at CAP, we sold tons, tons. of lanyards. So it was yeah. wonderful. People were so excited. People who missed out on getting uh, pins and lanyards, they said, oh, I, I love what you guys do. And they, I, love, I love this rocking horse pin. And I love this lanyard. And I love that people want it. And we're, we're so excited yeah. to plan. We have plans. We've already spoken about it, of doing new things. And we're so excited mm-hmm. for them. We just have to. We've got names on lists. Exactly. We've got names on lists. I so. might have to uh, ask them questions, insider information, maybe. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> and I. Oh, yeah, shall we? Uh... I'm Where's sorry. the mouse? Where's the mouse screaming quiet? Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. Here we go. Oh, thank you. There we go. And I have been Jasmine Starshine, as always. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can find all my links and all Fonny's links on edoddswithgod.com. Uh, that is where our uh, link trees are. Uh, my primary social media is my Twitter, which is at LilJazzyBaby. Um, I'm trying to think if there's oh duh Patreon patreon.com slash Jasmine Starshine uh, where you can get porn of me and help me uh, survive uh, end stage capitalism as you do Um, I think that's all I want to plug about myself so far Um, I think all that's left is to say is Dear Jazzy is an at oddswithgod.com production. Please visit us online at at oddswithgod.com where you can visit my links, Fonny's links, and all the links related to this show and everything else that we do in this fine community. I have been Jasmine Starshine. I've been Fonny Abedale. And I'm Juicebox. And happy season four, everyone. We'll see you next time. Happy season four! Woo! Happy season four! Woo! Yeah, I love counting my money. Oh, money. Oh. Oh, 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 Why does that remind me of the fucking Derby Boys? Like, that fucking green character who goes, fuck, hold on, hold on. I'll steal it and no one will ever know. Oh, uh, the, the damn backslide. Yes.
Dan Backslide, voiced by Mel Blanc, fucking kills me every time. And let us let us draw the curtain on the sordid scene. And anytime I love- I'm like one of those cartoon characters has that really manly yell, was that just Mel Blanc yeah, yelling? Was, yeah. The thing was- about the thing about the Mel Blanc screens because there's that compilation that's been making the rounds on Twitter like every two days. <laughs> The thing the is, is that when they used to, to when they used to record when they yeah when they used to record those they recorded those on the Warner Brothers one of the Warner Brothers sound stages so when he'd scream it's just reverberating off the wall so it has a bit more of a like a like a yeah like a boom to it yeah so every time you would scream you hear that my favorite is there's the one cartoon where it's like different holidays of the year and it's, at the end it's it's the um, it's you know midnight and it's like that a creature was stirring not even a mouse and one mouse leans over to another mouse on another mouse hole goes merry christmas <laughs> and you pan over and it just goes quiet and you just <laughs> and you hear the, the 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 you really hear it like reverberate off these giant um off like the giant these giant soundstage walls. walls yeah Quiet. <laughs> when Mel Blanc was helping to voice the wartime cartoons, uh, every time he went, Quiet! Turn out those lights! This is a blackout! <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love, have you, did I send you the clip of him from, uh, it was like a live action show from the 50s. He was on the Jack Benny show. And yeah. he was like, a now surf. what? And he goes, now, now what? Now what? <laughs> yes. He's like so, it's so funny. He's I'm so gonna, good. I'm going to mark that down for later because I really want to. I love anything that Mel Blanc has been in. He's so fucking he's great. He's up there with I, Vincent the last, Price for my favorite. The actor. last thing he, the last thing he ever did, he was Mr. Spacely in the Jetsons movie. Yeah. Like in like 1990. But the thing is he was old. He smoked. So he would, he would like, he had an oxygen tank with a mask and he would put it over. <laughs> Jetson, and then he would smoke a cigarette with the other hand, <laughs> and then he would go back to the oxygen tank, do a line, smoke a cigarette, oxygen, and just like back and forth, you know. So I usually put like a blooper at the end of the show after the closing theme as like an Easter egg. I'm putting this entire chat about Mel Blanc at the end of the show in its entirety. <laughs> 